hey, it's Target to the party. He is built like a Daniel. We fill our pockets with holes. Here's PC Media. We missed the first time around. We've done some garbage the last couple of weeks, so we decided to do some. Now we decided some more garbage. <laughs> it's super garbage. It's super garbage. It just hopped up on goofball's garbage. It is really. It's con air. Yeah, it's. I hadn't seen this before. You hadn't seen this before. This is if we did garbage before. This is like when Shredder gets the super mutagen in Ninja Turtles two mm. and turns into Super Shredder. This is super yeah. garbage. <laughs> this is not a good movie. It's an entertaining movie. But this It's got it's the it's the blood sport where yeah. man it's bad. You know but what the difference I guess is it's fun to watch. I the thing is I think blood sport is earnestly kinda of bad, whereas I think this movie it's not trying to intentionally be bad, but it's definitely kinda of like winking and nodding at the audience. It's definitely mm. it definitely knows it's being goofy. But it's still a little it's still like ten percent too stupid for its own good. Uh have we even <laughs> talked about mentioned what we're talking about this week? I think I said Con Air. Oh, yeah, Con Air. We're talking about 1997's Con Air, the most Dan Reichert fucking movie in history. Uh, Dan Reichert being someone from GiantBomb.com who he grew up essentially raised by mutants who... This is a guy who... He, <laughs> what, he didn't taste ketchup until he was, like, 22? He, like, was oh, raised... he's had a bunch of stupid stuff. Yeah, he was raised in, like, Missouri and, like, had this really... He's a super smart guy, but he had this really bonkers upbringing. And he's only grown up watching stuff like wrestling and Con Air and stuff like that. So, listening to him talk about... It explains a lot. He explains a lot. About, like, talking about his background and what his favorite movies were growing up and stuff is pretty bonkers. But, yeah, this is Con Air. This is the Nick Cage. This is the movie that... <laughs> At least to me, definitively proves without a without an inkling of doubt that Nicholas Cage is just a terrible, terrible, terrible actor. What? D depending on the movie, he's used well enough that that terribleness just... works in the movie's favor. Like, but uh, I raising... read that he traveled to Alabama to get the accent perfect. Because <laughs> I I love raising Arizona is one of my favorite. Apparently, favorites. everybody in. A <laughs> Alabama mumbles. Mumble talk like this. It doesn't actually pronounce every single letter. No, it's in the word. I mean, he was in Raising Arizona, and he has a little bit of a southern accent in that. Because, well, I guess he's in Arizona. He's just more like talking like this. Where in this, because I guess he's from Alabama, he decided his character needed to talk like this. He needed to talk like <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn, but like not consistently or correctly. So it just sounds no. Nick. It sounds like Nicholas Cage making fun of Southern people. He doesn't sound like he's from the Deep South. Uh, which makes sense, because I think Nicolas Cage is like, he's an Italian guy from, like, Pasadena, so of course he's gonna fuck all this up. <laughs> but, like, the, the hair and the... <laughs> who? Who? Bill, who? God. Who was the person who said, Nicolas Cage is our next action movie star? Because uh, he never really... Who thought he could pull that off? He never was really it the did same person who... I know he was in a bunch of the... action movies in this time, but it's not like none of them were really good or, like, that impactful. Is it the same person who keeps telling James Franco he can act? <sighs> Christ, yeah, that's... Or grow facial you know, hair? The, the thing is, I think James Franco's fallen in that mold where he thinks he can be the new Nick Cage, where he knows he doesn't have any acting talent, but he can still get by by just choosing batshit projects, and he can't even do that right. Um, yeah. And at least Nicolas Cage has kind of dipshit kind of uh, personality. Don't worry, James Franco doesn't even have that, that much. James Franco's just a complete fucking blank. God, you know what? I, I caught a bit of Oz the Great and Powerful again on cable this weekend while flipping with the channels, Arf. and I got, like, actively angry. 
again about that movie, which is that's why how we wound up doing that movie in the first place because I was flipping through the channels I saw Oz the Great and Powerful and got angry. <laughs> so what, what, what? Speaking of that, what made you pick Con Air? Uh, Con Air, just because we've done some terrible projects for the last couple weeks, and I was just like. Uh, yeah, well, I'd been playing. Keep the trainer rolling. Yeah, and well, no, this is at least this is gonna be dumb fun. Uh, we yeah. have not done anything I've regretted in the last couple of weeks, so I don't want to shit talk the stuff we talked about too much because it's still, mm. you know, there's uh, literally there's everything was at least fun to talk. Exactly. About. Well, even over the course of the two hundred plus episodes we've done entire the party podcast, there's probably less than two or three things I could say that I honestly regret having spent the time having yeah. to talk about, and. Two of those three things are probably Victor and Victoria. <laughs> I don't know what the third <laughs> one would be. <laughs> Not to beat yeah. that horse into the ground, but, uh, mm. but yeah, I, th- was, I can't remember why I decided I picked this last week. I think it was definitely a Didn't random. Did you just pick. say you were browsing through iTunes and were like, sure? That's what it was. I, yeah, I was just doing something and Con Air just popped up, and I was like, you know what? Fine, fuck it. Like I've heard Dan Riker talk about this movie uh, ad nauseum, and I've heard about it from other people too, but like. I was like, hey, why not? I The late 90s action movies is the real blind spot for me, which is funny because I, I was in my 20s in the late 90s, and I should have been going to see all these movies because I love action movies. But I, there's something about action movies after the 80s that they kind of lost their magic for me as action movies kind of became... They kind of got affected by Independence Day, and they had to become more like CGI spectacle and less like RoboCop, where it's about like actual violence and squibs and swearing. Where the late '90s was when action movies all became like PG-13 family films, and Con yeah. Air is kind of like that. Even though Con Air does have a bunch of evil guys who do evil things, it's still cartoony yeah, I, enough I, that it, I made a note later. It's rated R, and it's it's a the, light R. That it, it's all because of swearing, because of the. Blood and violence sucks ass yeah. in this movie. You know what the funny thing is? Uh, this movie is... Actually, I wonder if this movie came out today, it would probably just get a PG-13. Well, actually, I don't know what the swearing. may still be just enough to get it an R rating, but... They say fuck enough that, that it would be R. The dipshit tone of this movie, for some reason, this is one of the major things I was thinking throughout this whole movie, is if they ever made a live-action G.I. Joe movie, which is funny to say because I know they've made two of them, but my mm-hmm. brain keeps on rejecting the notion that those exist. But if they ever made a live-action G.I. Joe movie, I would want to have... I would want, I hope it would have kind of a tone a little like this where it's self-aware and the bad guys could be evil and the good guys, you know, they show up in electric guitars wail. But this movie, like I said, could have been... It's a little bit 10... Still like 10% too stupid for its own good. I think it buys in 10% too much into thinking that Nicolas Cage's character is legitimately cool. Or this movie's not cool at all. And they're just gonna... Oh, they make him walk in slow motion so much. <laughs> There's a little bit too much where I think they're buying into their own bullshit with this movie. And everyone in this movie is thoroughly unpleasant. Except for maybe yeah. Nick Cage's wife and her, her daughter. Because like even the two good guys you got fucking better off dead and you've got Deep Space Nine and they're just a couple of shithead greaseballs. The bad guys... What do you think about the bad guys? Is there any particular characters in this movie that you actually liked or the performances by the no. actors? Really? Not even... No. Not even uh, Malkovich? I mean, Malkovich is doing his best <laughs> with, just, with what he's given, does, but... Does Malkovich ever... He doesn't He doesn't seem that sinister or Malkovich anything. Malkovich never seems to act. He just shows up and he's... No matter what project... Whether it's this or being John Malkovich... It's almost like he's... Being John Malkovich. 
Or like Empire of the Sun or any movies. I need to go back and see like Dangerous Liaisons or something like that where he, like he had to actually put on like maybe like, you know, a costume or an, and an accent and see if he just still is just John Malkovich just in like a frilly collar just going, hey, I'm John Malkovich. Rawr! Actually, it's kind of the opposite because John Malkovich's whole thing is like the opposite of effort because he always, always just so like, what are you doing here? We'll go back on the thing. I'm gonna kill you. I am John Malkovich. I am, and his, yeah, his most, like, effort is always just being kind of, like, buttoned down, but kind of, like, splitting at the I think most edges. of his effort goes into, uh, pronouncing every single letter <laughs> in the word. Biting his tongue as he talks, like, what are you doing? Go over yes. there! Yeah! Um, but yeah, he never, he never alternates how he behaves in any movie ever. He's always just John Malkovich. Uh, which is, that's mm-hmm. fine, because you get Steve Buscemi shows up, and he's kind of the same thing, where he just shows up, all you need him is just to be kind of Steve Buscemi, which, this is the most Steve Buscemi role I've ever seen Steve Buscemi be in, because they just said, hey, we need to be, we, we need you to show up and look and act as gas, ghastly Steve Buscemi-esque as possible. That's the whole point mm-hmm. of your character, is your big, glowing bug eyes. Um... Yeah, the cast, there's the dude from Lost who plays the airplane. I don't even know if you've even seen half the movies, the, the other stuff these guys have been in. Yeah, of course, you got Dave Chappelle, which is kind of yeah. a bummer he, that he's, like, the first major guy to die. Uh, although it's not like he's, like, <laughs> it's it's funny to see Dave Chappelle, but it's not like he's doing his, 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 his like, own material in this movie, so it's not, like, well, that they, entertaining. I, I read he improvised it all, which is probably why he's the only funny character in the movie. Yeah. Oh, but it, uh, well, the thing is, like, oh, so many of the characters in this movie are kind of acting like David Chappelle. Everyone in this movie is an already enough of a cartoon that, like, they none of the characters really have distinct personalities because everyone is such a cartoon already, and everyone kind of speaks mm-hmm. with the same goofy voice, and everyone's got these big lines that you can totally... You can almost see the writer, like, when he was writing the script, like, coming up with, like, these big crazy... Like, this is one of those movies that I've always heard people talk about, but I've never heard the specifics of why people love this movie so much. But there's so many lines in this movie I could totally see when people watch this movie over and over again. They're like, oh, we got we got to get this part where he says this. Oh, my God, he said that line. It's amazing. Because it's the line. There's like, yeah, there's a dozen lines in this movie that are so arch and goofy that you can totally tell they were made to be like the thing that's supposed to drive people without any imagination nuts because they're supposed to be so mind-breaking because it's such like you put you put your dick back in your pants or your dick is gonna go i'm gonna push you out a window or whatever john malkovich says to the yeah. rapist guy i forgot danny trejo is in this too um yeah it's, <laughs> you might not recognize him because he's not doesn't have his signature trejo mustache <laughs> that's a good point he's also like 25 years younger um, yeah. and he's not, like, he hasn't totally turned into a saggy turtle yet. Um, <laughs> but no, which is not to say this is a bad movie. I was genuinely surprised at how entertaining I thought this movie was, but it has been a little bit overblown by the people who've heard jerking off about this movie. And I think it's pretty good, but it is very, I still think it's, even as kind of... It has a lot of problems. It has a lot of problems, and not in the way of, like, I think... Th- because, like I said, this movie's trying to be pretty self-aware, but I don't think it's self-aware enough. And I think it uses the fact that it's it's trying to be self-aware to cover up some glaring blind spots. Like, the only reason Nicolas Cage's black friend, Jail Buddy, is in the movie is just the laziest excuse to keep him from getting off the plane in the first 20 mm-hmm. minutes of the movie. And it's never explained why he's even there. Like, I guess he's just being... I guess we... I don't know if you want to do a blow-by-blow, but... Uh, like, I kind of... I, I, I watched it with my wife, so I didn't take my usual super detailed notes, but I still took notes. Yeah. 
Um, They're just going to be a little scatterwampus because I was writing it down as I could remember it as it was going. Yeah, and like I said, I, I so just watched it the one time too, just when, without taking any notes. But I mean, I, like I said, I had a good time. This is one of those things where I actually managed to watch it in two hours. I actually sat down, yeah. I watched it, I wasn't checking my email, I didn't have to stop and go back and rewind parts because I was so bored. Uh, so like <laughs> that, that that's one of the higher compliments I could ever pay to yeah. Atari of the Party Project is I actually just watched Wait. it, but. The movie ends with, hey, aren't Army Rangers cool? Do they? Yeah, because it talks about how they never leave a man behind. And they get the job oh, done. Oh, God, I Ooh, forgot they're about so cool. That's one of the things where this movie's trying to be cool, and it's not being cool. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's a little bit too up on its, its own ass. But, Nicholas yeah. Cage is... What Poe Dameron? What the fuck is his name? <laughs> Cameron Poe, I think it is. Cameron Poe. Yeah, that name he's... is just like I get the I always get the feeling that like he came up with whatever his character's name was in the script. He's like, no, Who's it's got to be something else. It's got to be. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, Poe. Something Poe. Cameron Poe. Yeah. Mm. And so he gets some shore leave or whatever. I don't know. He is an army. He's an army decorated oh. veteran of some war. Yeah. yeah. I yeah I guess and I, he. He loves his wife, Trisha, who's pregnant, so I guess he hasn't been gone for that long. Well, seriously, because she's, like, pregnant, you can't even tell she's pregnant, so she's got to be, like, yeah. maybe six weeks pregnant at the most. But, oh, no, there's surly guys at the bar she works at, and Dev, I I think I saw it. The, the, is the bartender the uh, the um, fat bouncer from uh, Roadhouse? Oh, I, I didn't to even check notice. That. Like, you know, because I, I just started rewatching the beginning before we started recording, and to, if it's dead, not that guy, it's definitely the same Pokemon type, because it's definitely that kind of big, chunky. Actually, I'm kind of surprised you don't have more guys from Roadhouse in this. That's the thing. I think I think mm. this movie also comes across a little bit worse after having so recently seen Roadhouse, which mm-hmm. is, like, pretty much the perfect combination of self-aware, but also still legitimately stupid, and but mm-hmm. also is still legitimately great. It hits all three of those bases perfectly. Whereas this one leans a little bit too towards thinking it's a little bit a little too clever for its own good. And it's a little a little bit too lazy in spots. But anyway, but yeah, Nicholas Cage is dancing with his his wife he hasn't seen in six weeks, I guess. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. There's these evil guys. Yeah, that's him. Oh, it is. Well, him. he's one of the bad. Oh no, he's the guy that uh, the uh, bear fell on. Not a bounce. Oh yeah, but yeah, I know what he was. Oh, that's right, because he's the one bad guy who never actually worked at the bar, though. But like, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, um, that's funny. But uh, anyhow, um, uh, eventually things are said. I don't care. They get in a fight outside in the rain, and he kills one of them. Oh no! One of the guys got so got like a switchblade, and like yeah, the cage uses it. Yeah, he kills the guy. him in self-defense, and. Uh, the worst judge in America says, hey, I know it's self-defense, but, you know, you're an army ranger. Your hands are lethal weapons, so I'm putting you in jail for 10 years. Whatever. What? Ten what is whoever? this? This is the worst premise. <laughs> Especially, this is the most hand-wavy excuse to get fucking Nick Cage. I mean, did the writers know that actually when people joke about, like, not even joke, because you'll have, like, dipshits at bars, but, like, my hands are registered as a lethal weapon. Do they realize that's not actually a real thing? And it's like something you really can't know. build the premise of an entire f- action film on, even one starring Nicolas Cage. And like, yeah, you have Nicolas Cage. He was defending his... He's an old decorated army vet who is pr- protecting his pregnant wife from a bunch of knife-wielding drugs. Mm-hmm. If, if anyone in the world is going to get off on a self-defense clause... In that situation, it's that. It's going to be Nicolas Cage, but for some reason, his lawyer's like, oh, plead guilty, and they'll go easy on you. <laughs> Nicolas Cage would have been like, no! no! How about I plead not guilty, and they don't throw the book at me at all? They just absolve me. But no, he does plead guilty, and he yeah, he gets the maximum 
uh, sentence, I guess, because the judge is all like, yeah, you've been remanded for uh, seven to ten years. And it seems to be ten years because his daughter's definitely not just seven years old at the end of the movie. And like, fuck, yeah. man. Yeah, so you fucking <laughs> stupid. That's the first real. Well, that's not. You know, yeah, that's the first real stupid. Yeah, that's and really. like not in the cool, funny way that the movie seems to think it is. But it's more just like head scratchingly like, wait, what? Like, what kind of cartoon yeah. logic is this? But not like in a good cartoon kind of way. So now he's going to spend all of his time in jail writing and reading letters from his family, yeah. doing push-ups, growing out his mullet, ignoring prison riots. Uh, I didn't pay attention to how his hair probably grows out, yeah. <sighs> and yet somehow recedes at the same time. <laughs> they just keep on pulling the wig back and back every other shot, yeah. He's getting out July 13th. That's his kid's birthday. He got her a stuffed bunny in a plastic bag because uh, stuffed toys apparently come in plastic bags in jail. I guess at the jail, yeah, the 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 the, the jail. Store. plastic bags can't be used as weapons. No sir. Um, yeah, and we get to hear July 14th because she writes him a letter that's written in crayon. That's the most like the producers pretending to draw like a little kid, <laughs> like God, oh, my daddy, my turn ten on July 14th, and that's the same day my daddy gets out, and. <laughs> Turns out she also wrote the script, and she says, Dear Daddy, enclosed a copy of the script, because this movie feels like it was written by a ten-year-old. But mm -hmm. yeah. And also, uh, his buddy, his cellmate, whatever, they're good Bubba friends. Gump Shrimp, yeah. Bubba Gump Shrimp. Did, we, did they ever say what he did? No, that's, jail? that's, they don't even pretend, they don't even bother to give any kind of, that character. But since they're roommates, I guess we're supposed to care that about That character him. is just a walking plot Not device. Roommates, He's cellmates. He just gives someone to, for Nicolas Cage to talk about his kid a whole bunch too at the beginning of the film. And he just becomes an excuse as to why Nicolas Cage just doesn't walk off the plane when he's given the opportunity at the start of the, yeah. like that's, that's. This yeah, this you never find out why he's in jail, why he's being transferred along with uh, Nicholas Cage, because turns out Nicholas Cage is being released, but instead of just being let go from the jail, like they have to fly him to another facility, but they're putting him on this airplane where they're flying a whole bunch of convicts around. What? But they never wait, explain why so this guy's wait, going wait, wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. They don't. They never explain whether or not the black guy's being released too, or if he's just being sent have... to a better jail. Yeah. I have a question that you won't have the answer to unless they mentioned not. it somewhere. Maybe you watched cl closer than I did. Why is he in a jail that's so far away from his family that he needs to fly? Didn't he attack these dudes in the town yeah. that they lived in? Uh, that's, yeah, you think, like, well, I think he's, like, in a federal penitentiary, too, which I don't know why it'd be, like, a, f a federal crime. It should be, like... It, yeah, you think yeah, because if you killed him like like the movie starts off in Alabama, you think it'd be like an Alabama state prison, and they might have to drive like half an hour to go see him. But like, yeah, why is he like on the other side of the country? Like, it's... Yeah, why don't they ever visit him? They just write him. Well, that's what kind of the thing. He does say something about <laughs> uh, uh, my da my daughter's not going to see his dad at first time in jail. He's gonna, she's going to see him as a free man with terrible things. That's, I think I'm actually that, doing a better Southern accent than Nicholas Cage. I think you are. Uh, although I was born in Texas, so at least I have a little bit of an excuse. You need to shove some marbles in your mouth to get the full <sighs> Christ, Nicholas yeah, Cage exactly, experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the only. Man, I forgot that they go out of their way to explain, like, he honestly has not seen this kid since she was born. Um, and also, magically, his wife never ages. She's, yeah, she doesn't yeah. have a single wrinkle on her at the end of the movie, despite this being ten years later, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, they're being transferred. <laughs> he screams and Nicolas Cage screams with point crimes, I'm going home, son! <laughs> and hey, look at this stupid fucking giant 
jailplane. Jail. Jail. Um, you know what? I, it's it's called the Jailbird. It's funny yeah. that it's called Jailbird, but I'm surprised this movie isn't just called Jailplane. I think the script when his daughter sent it to him probably was just called Jailplane. <laughs> hey, Bill, is that asshole wearing sandals with a suit? Oh, who? Uh, fucking what? Which guy? Better off dead. Yeah. I don't know what he's got such big baggy his old costume was ten ten size too big for him anyway. Like I don't even understand his costuming in general. <laughs> no, he's wearing fucking he, sandals. Yeah, I'm watching suit, it now. He's man. got sandals and he's got like his pants that make him look like he has his big ham ass. Which it's John it's John Cusack, and I know he's too skinny to have big ham ass, but it looks like he's just like swimming in that costume. He looks like a, t- a talking heads video. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the 90s. Speaking of the 90s, yeah, and then fucking Deep Space Nine shows up. Uh-huh, he's an asshole with a car that says, the license plate is ass-kicker. <laughs> but it's ass-kiker, yeah. Yeah, he you could tell he's an asshole because he parks in the handicapped spot. Yeah. He's such a douche. Ooh, and this character know. only exists just kind of be an impediment to John Cusack, because John Cusack's the only person in the entire government who actually understands how things work, I guess. I guess I wait. What is John Cusack's role? John John Cusack. He's just a guy. I didn't pick that up. He's he owns the plane because he's concerned about his baby being shot or whatever. Oh, is does he, he say that? Want the plane to get but hurt. it's weird because like, no, he's constantly like, no, you can't blow up my plane because it's uh, my plane. <laughs> I don't know why because he goes into like like there's a TV news van and he sits down and like. Deep Space Nine Colmini is all like Chief O'Brien like just gives him like the lowdown on all the guys who are gonna be put on this plane. I guess they're mm-hmm. at the airport where they're gonna Well, I guess they must be, because this is where I yeah. just Oh, and there's a thing about how there's Oh oh so the okay, this is I forgot this is what the whole plot hinges on. So the the big thing is that the, the big prisoner that this plane is gonna be carrying is gonna be like a drug lord or the son of a drug lord? Something like that. Eventually, they're going to transfer him onto the plane in the next stop. That's what it is. But they're trying to prosecute this drug lord guy, even though he's already in jail. Hence, that's why he's going on the airplane. But they want to get him to admit some extra crimes. And so they want to uh, smuggle this DEA dude undercover to sit next to the guy on the airplane. Because I guess that guy likes to... uh, like fucking explain all of his crimes to people who sit next to him on airplanes, which is literally <laughs> the excuse they give. And so, yeah. and like, there's an argument between uh, Chief O'Brien, Deep Space Nine, and uh, fucking uh, Better Off Dead about whether or not the guy can carry a gun on. And like, it just. I wonder. Yeah, they'd say no guns, but I wonder if he's gonna take a gun on the plane. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Cause... You think that's gonna be a big plot point? But it sure no! isn't. <laughs> As long as this argument goes on, I wonder if they just had to fill out like the runtime to meet like the official two official two hour. Like you, you look at that and you're like, oh, they're gonna get the gun from him and take over the plane with it. Nope, they already have control of the plane. That that gun takes up to the plane. This movie is trying to be Die Hard in the way it's like setting up the characters and everyone's a little bit larger than life and stuff. But Die Hard script is so efficient that if they're gonna make a big deal out of a plot element like this in Die Hard. That you can guarantee that plot element's gonna become a big deal later. This, no, yeah, they spend five minutes arguing about this gun that like it never becomes a thing again. I mean, it does for two seconds, but it, yeah, it doesn't impact the plot either way. So you're wasting no. your fucking time, and movie. Come on. Now there's bad guys. They're all evil. I'm not gonna go through. But them it is all. like they're a bunch of it's, fucking GI Joe fuck fucking villain guys. Yeah, it's fucking Vin yeah. Rames and it's dude who killed his wife's parents and it's fucking yeah. Cyrus the Cyrus the virus. That's the best. 
Like even that's if you the name the, even if you have to name the main villain, of uh, that the movie, is a GI Joe name. Yeah, that's true. Actually. But like the virus, <laughs> is that supposed to be the most intimidating thing? Like he, he, he gonna give you cold. He gonna give you Malkovich sniffles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, this movie's thank, goddamn dumb. I do have to thank the movie for the slow motion of Nicolas Cage getting out of the bus with his hair blowing in the wind. This, Not too hard though, this, because you don't want it to blow off. This is the one thing that I I've seen from the movie. I I didn't real actually just watching now. I just realized it's slow motion because I guess this is the first time he's actually been out of jail, and he's like mm. Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, he's like, like his, closing his eyes, being like, oh. he looks like it is a shampoo <laughs> commercial because he has air, eyes are closed and he's like bathing in the sunlight and he's like, or he's just like. Like, laid the most massive egg-ass fart because he's all like, <laughs> but his hair's blowing in the wind, and you could totally, you could almost practically see, the, like, the fans just right off camera blowing his hair. It's that kind of shot. Yeah, so it's like yeah. his, oh, his, his O'Brien, big, you know. He put a gun in his agent's sock. Oh, no. This can only end well. Yay. And also, they don't check the prisoners before they get on the bus because doesn't O'Brien say that, like, or nobody knows that they have a DEA on there. Something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So he's able to get the... Like, nobody knows that the guy's a DEA, even the other guards or anything like this, that. It, it, this movie is interesting. I took a note later, but I'll I took one right fat now. note, um, yeah. One fat note. that uh, This is... this When you sit down to watch this movie, you think it's going to be like all the later Bruckheimer and Michael Bay shit. Which I still have not seen a bunch of. Yeah, you've seen more of that stuff than I it's, have, yeah. Eh, not really. Uh, <laughs> jerk it off over the the military yeah. and, and and the cops and everything. But all the, except for the army rangers, all the police and army and everything in this are just bumbling. The guards, morons. the guards. I mean, well, you've got the guards are on the plane are all a bunch of chuckle fucks. Everybody except for fucking better off dead's a fucking idiot on the outside. The like the good well, guys. Even the actual... he's a... An idiot, because at one point, after the planes take it over, he's like, Oh, we don't have a contingency plan. This is literally impossible yeah. to happen. No, he, oh, you really, in case this giant plane full of prisoners gets taken over, you don't have <laughs> a plan for I that. Think... Because you're, somebody mentioned, hey, should we have a plan? And you said, no, that is impossible. Yeah. So no need for a plan. Well, I think what happened later on, especially with like Transformers and stuff, when I guess the, I keep on forgetting this is not a... Uh, Michael Bay film. This is Simon West who went on to... This seems like there was a highlight of his career because everything after this sounds like fucking garbage. But uh, but yeah, the guys who produced this movie, uh, Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer, I guess especially with the Transformers films, like they actually actually wound up working with the military. Like the military was like... I don't know if they invested in the Transformers films, but they were definitely like... Like those films could not get made without like being signed off by the de- Defense Department. So they just became fucking propaganda for the army. And so that's when those movies really became rah rah America, fucking yay in the military. The, the army's gonna fix everything. Whereas this is still just like totally complete fiction. They can kind of say and do whatever mm. they wanted to because yeah, the, the Defense Department didn't have to sign off on it. But yeah, so yeah, <laughs> so at least everyone in this movie is kind of a fucking idiot. But yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, uh, people, prisoners have nails in their hands because I guess they didn't run them through any everyone's metal detectors or anything. Got, like, pretty much and, everyone except they, for Nicolas Cage, yeah. And they just hand nails out in prison to, to high maximum security inmates. Yeah, like, you've got, like, at least three different guys who are, like, pulling nails out of the palms of their hands. Fucking... And they're able to pick their handcuffs with that because yeah. that's just that easy to do. Uh, Dave Chappelle, he's barfing up like a condom filled with gasoline and matches. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, I forgot. So Rachel sprays on the guy next to him and lights him on fire. <laughs> Do you like the line where he's like, "I'm assuming this must have been an improvised line because it's yeah, it's funny enough that it, it, it it's better than anything else in the film." Where he turns because it's a big Native American guy who's sitting next to him and he's like, "Chief, if you make it through this, I hope you don't hold a grudge." And that's when he sets mm. him on fire. Yeah, and like that starts. Yeah, the... He says that the last of the Bohicans is burning. <laughs> Terrible, yeah. Oh man, oh, I forgot one of the guards who's she's actually one of my favorite actresses from the eighties. Uh, Rachel Ticketin, she was, uh, she was the main uh, female lead in. Oh god, she was in a million things. She was in Total Recall, and I'm forgetting yeah. everything else she was in. But like, she was just she's one of, like kind of no nonsense actresses who was still just kind of fun and stuff. And I just I just kind of. But she, the, the her only purpose in this movie is just to be a potential rape object that, uh, fucking. Nick Cage has to keep on defending throughout the whole movie, but you know, yeah, just a walking plot device, just like his black uh, best friend. So chaos happens once that guy gets lit on fire, and the prisoners are able to break free. And the pilot says, "Take out the gun and go back there, check it out. Leave us nice and vulnerable." Yeah, because shouldn't the shouldn't the cockpit in this thing be locked down and they never leave no matter I what happens? Do you think someone says at some point the cockpit is bulletproof? So the whole point mm-hmm. is that they could have just gone down and landed. Like, the contingency for this situation is that the prisoners can't get to the pilots no matter what. So yep. the pilots just go land at a and also military they, base. They say that yeah. there's a, the only gun on the plane, aside from the ton of guns in the bottom of <laughs> it for <laughs> some kind of reason. Which is never um, explained! They're like, yeah, there's no. one gun in the, in the, in the, in the cockpit in the lockbox. And mm-hmm. I, when they briefly just make a vague allusions to, there's a shitload of guns in the belly of the plane, which yeah, what, why, 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 why? I guess why? I was thinking about this while watching the movie. Actually, there's one of the few parts where I had to pause it because I was like, "Is this? Why would this ever be?" I even looked it up to see if this is a real thing. It's not a real thing. And I've seen some people suggest that like it's in case the guards need guns, they can go down to the but the but the guns are located beneath the prisoners. So in order to get the guns that the guards would need to use against the prisoners, they would have to fight their way the pris- through the prisoners to get to the guns. To yeah, the- <laughs> and also, why would there be easy access from the top side to the bottom side where all the guns are? <laughs> Even then, if your whole point is that, okay, well, the guards might need weapons someday, why are the weapons like grenade launchers and shit? That you would not use that on a goddamn airplane. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's a little bit. Again, this movie—it's a cartoon, and it thinks it's clever, but it's a little bit too stupid to actually be as clever as I think. Is it? It's more just like, what? Why? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yep. So Cyrus gets the gun away from the co-pilot, shoots like half of the bullets in it, and takes over the plane. Yeah. Now it's called Con Air. Hey, that's the name of this piece. Of it's shit. totally like the trailer moment they put in. Like, and now welcome to I cl- have the. Yeah. <laughs> I have the only gun on board. <laughs> Which that's not quite Malkovich, but I get what you're going for. Like, yeah, that, it's hard to know Malkovich because it's so, it's kind of fame, but also angry. And like, yeah. Malkovich is hard. That's why you don't see a lot of people doing successful Malkovich impressions. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't do it unless you're really Except- kind of him. Yeah. Except he doesn't have the only gun on board. The DEA is on there, and he's sweaty, and he pulls out his gun and fucks everything up, getting his ass killed. Yeah, I do love Nicolas Cage's whole response to that. He's like, "Oh, buddy, you're fucking this up," and the guy's like, "No, I can do it." And Nick, and like, why didn't he just fucking wait for 
that's something to happen to yeah opportunity he just makes himself a target for all these criminals and like he just predictably just gets wiped out in 30 seconds i can't even like, hey, remember there's what probably happens. a bunch of criminals behind me who could attack me but yeah <laughs> i'll literally... just keep him yeah he's stupid. like i said he's literally surrounded and he can't like defend himself because he's only got this one little pea shooter of a gun with like two bullets in it so and of course it doesn't do- help him at all and i think is that the kerfuffle like like you know, they actually like one of the there's like a the fucking a white supremacist guy. There's a couple prisoners get whacked too during the. No, that's when uh, Cyrus has taken the gun away from the co-pilot. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, okay. Of, like three dudes. Yeah. yeah. Have we got to the part two where like? No, I guess that's coming up where fucking. Danny Trejo wants to fucking rape the... Yeah, that's... Okay. I think, that's I think this is when... I, when This is essentially... Okay, so after Nick... Uh, after Mal- Malkovich... I might have not written that, so you can just... No, but there's that. a whole... Essentially, it's shaking down, like, the command structure that's going to go on here. Because then you find out, okay, mm-hmm. so... Bing Rames is essentially Nicholas Cage's... Or not Nicholas Cage. Malkovich is second in command. Danny Trejo takes advantage of the fact that everyone's freaking out to try to rape... Uh, the guard lady, Malkovich comes like, well, fucking Nicholas Cage steps in and says, you're not going to do that. And like, Danny Trejo's like, no, well, who's going to stop me? And then Malkovich is like, okay, yeah, you know, we're not going to do that. I'm not, I may be crazy, but I'm not down with rape. And then like, it's just everyone just kind of sorting themselves out and settling in. And yeah, like, it's just whatever. It's just plot machinations. Yeah. But, and now, uh, there's a problem. They got they got to drop off three white guys at the next. Yeah, they're going to place, Carson and, City, and they they killed three of them. Yeah, the three guys they have to transfer. So, oh and also yeah. Cage's buddy is gonna die in two hours if he doesn't get his I, insulin. Yeah, which uh, they were supposed to give him insulin at the high present. stakes drama. Yeah, well, and they like, even point out they were supposed to give him uh, insulin before he left the prison, but for some reason they forgot to, and even when they're leaving at the, the jail cell, I forgot the jail at the beginning, there's an establishing shot of the jail, that's just like a blue screen photograph of a jail against like this, like uh, cloud tank sky that looks terrible, looks like something from Power mm. Rangers I forgot this movie nice. was done right before CGI was being used to fix everything so there's still still some dodgy blue screen mm. model effects in this movie which cracked me up but I do like this part of the movie where like Dave Chappelle essentially becomes uh, Malkovich's secretary because he's the one who sent off to like go try to find three people that can replace, he's the one who comes up and realizes that there are three people short for the prisoner exchange coming up and then yeah. like yeah that's when they realize they need to get three white guys uh, to go out and pretend so, to be prisoners. Cage and his buddy volunteer to get off the plane, but can't, no can do because one of them is, they're expecting white guys, yeah. which they don't know what these fuckers really look like. They just scan their wrist tags and send them on their way. I was surprised. Well, actually I land. guess they would see the color of their skin because, because they got bags on their I was about to say, because their heads are pretty much hidden, but I guess like when they scan their head tags, they would be able to see that's when you like, when you pull down their sleeve or whatever that you would realize, you know, their hands are exposed, I guess, but well, you think you get one of the but, Mexican guys, get one of the light skinned Mexican guys, you know, who gives a shit? Yeah, who yeah. knows? Get Danny Trejo. So they gag them all, but Nicholas Cage decides he doesn't want to go anymore. Uh, because if they gag him, they can't. He can't say. <laughs> and so he stays on board. Takes his photo back from the cop because earlier in the movie the cop took a photo. He's like, "No person belongs." He's like, "That's my kid," and he's like, "I'll get it back." Yeah. He's like, and then um, he looks at the DEA's body, and there's just a fucking huge wire tape recorder on it. I tape love recorder. the giant tape recorder, like a paperback book-sized <laughs> tape recorder. Yeah, which these days would be so, the size of a microchip, but yeah. 
And they're, they're gonna make that cop get off at the next stop because he's white, so he loads it up on that guy yeah. and hides it on him. Yeah, which I, it becomes a plot device later because then and, that becomes why the cops end up figuring out something's going on. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. But it's, 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 so, this is Nicholas Cage while, doing something that, like, in order for it to work, he would have had to be able to predict the future. But anyway. So while all this is happening, the, the um, Sandals is finding, uh, 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 plans that Cyrus had put together in his wall, uh, and did it, so okay. This fucker is this... a huge threat, and is in a maximum security. I'm assuming, yeah. and yet he is able to make tons of plans and hide those in his wall, constantly replastering it over. Presumably, he has because I'm assuming they're doing some kind of like room check every night. And he somehow figured out how to replaster like a loose brick, like an entire loose, like essentially remove an entire brick next to his toilet. Stop! And they, like he's like, even though he's supposed to be like the world's like second most dangerous criminal in the world, he's managed mm-hmm. to like, he yeah, he's he's managed to mail away all the way. He's managed to get his hands on these goddamn uh, blueprints for the airplane, the anarchist cookbook. You think? Does anyone go through his mail and realizing, okay, Cyrus the Virus, he just got the Anarchist Cookbook in the mail. He thinks somebody would would, would fucking go, maybe we shouldn't give this to him. Because <laughs> I'm sure they're not. I'm he's sure they're opening plans his mail. Of a, he's got a plans of a prison plane here. Should we give this to him? <laughs> exactly. Oh, he's just, no, no. He's just got the blueprints for the prison plane that we're going to be using to, <laughs> just to fly him to a better, higher security prison. What the fuck is like this is again this is one of those things where it's so stupid even for this kind of movie <laughs> What are you talking it's, about? It's too stupid. It's just like if and it's not one of those things where you think like where you maybe after oh, it gets the movie Oh, it's stupider though, Bill. That's the thing. It's it's cuz there's so, there's you know the, 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 there's some way homers where like there's things that happen in the movie where they take creative liberties that you may not think about until you're way home from the theater and go Oh yeah, that kind of didn't make any sense if you don't think about it, you know, until you think about it later. This is one of those things where you're watching the movie, going, "Wait, what?" Like in the middle of the theater, watching it at home before, like you're just like, "Are they gonna explain why that like that is?" No, they're just gonna assume that you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> They'll assume you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Because uh, they they do the swap. Uh, Garland Green gets put on the plane. He's oh, he's so evil. He's got the leather restraints on his face, and oh, I think he's got he's these little. He's got leather mittens to his chest, and I forgot they, that they take off. <laughs> Fucking stupid. I love that. Well, I forgot Steve Buscemi was going to be in the movie. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's weird. He seems like a little guy. And it wasn't until he sits down, I was like, oh, that's Steve Buscemi. If you're going to have anyone play the like, like the, the Hannibal Lecter in this movie, He's that's actually a funny. Like 30. 30- 32 people or something. Yeah, I don't know. like the other prisoners when he's put on, like even John Malkovich is like, oh, he's a work of art. It's he's like, it's, it's like he's a fanboy meeting one of his heroes or something like that a little bit, which I thought was cute yeah. too. So, um, uh, uh, Better Off Dead figures out where they're going in the plane. And, but also, uh, he they, he leaves some guards alone in his cell and says, don't touch anything. And they say, I'll touch what I want. They <laughs> open up a lunch a guard box. who's like, me touch it, now. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's got a, a very detailed bomb in it because I guess maximum security just let people bomb, build bombs in jail. <laughs> I mean, it's got all these components and chemical and like, what kind of security? Because, I mean, they've already, there's just, just uh, yeah, there's nothing to say that we haven't already said, but it's just like, come on, movie, G- give me a fucking break. And that just happens to blow up everyone in the jail except for Better Off Dead. 
uh, just mm-hmm. because I, the, the fact that he blo- like the the reveal of all these plans and the fact that like all these D D agent agents get blown up doesn't affect anything on the plot. Like uh, no. fucking, it just gets rid of the evidence. I better guess. off dead already knows something's up anyway. So it's just like yeah. it's just whatever. It's just dumb stuff yep. happening because it's an action movie. Yeah. So the the cops figure shit out when they're driving away because the 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 tape recorder falls out and and the it rolls along the ground in slow well, motion yeah, so and bumps the, the cop's foot. Yeah, uh, the guards hauling away the the exchange prisoners from the airplane. Yeah, the one guy like uh, smashes the ch- uh, the chief prisoner in the chest with the butt of his gun, which yeah smashes. I guess so. Nicholas Cage took the DE agent's uh, recording device, put it on the chief prisoner. And I guess he did that in the hopes that, like, the one of the guards on the bus leading away the prisoners would attack that prisoner, bust open the guy's chest, bust open the radio, so that they would see that, like, there's something up that this guy realized that this guy's not just a normal prisoner, that, like, it's just vague as to what that's supposed to mean, but it's supposed to be enough to, like, alert the cops, which, that, that's what happens, right? <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't worry. They they take off anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Because there's even a bit where everyone's on the plane watching. I think Malkovich is like watching out the airplane to see if they're actually going to take the bait and actually. And the and the bus stops for a moment. And everyone's like, "Oh no, we might be busted." And then the bus goes off anyway. But then, <laughs> just like, what? Yep. okay, like, he, like it's, it's just a false. Even though things are the the game is pretty much up, it's still like this false jump scare in the middle of the movie of like oh my god and, the cops are gonna figure out what's going on it's just weird yeah while all that is happening dave Chappelle's putting the transponder on the on a small touring plane because i guess you can just the, the transponder this just it's the only way to track planes uh is um just on the you could just pull it out it's just you can take it's, it it's out. It's like an eight-track tape. It's like an eight-track tape. You can just pull it you out. You don't need any tools or anything. You just pop. Yeah, yeah, pop it out. Give it to Dave Chappelle instead of Dave Chappelle just throwing it into a fucking garbage can or just throwing it out a fucking window. He decides he needs to like walk to the other side of the airport, throw it inside the fucking like little Cessna plane, and then mm-hmm. he gets uh, he gets busted by a black security lady, and. For a moment, it seems like the gig is up because he's like, "Oh, hey, I work for the Department of Erections. Oh, corrections." And then he's like, <laughs> "No, look at me, I'm a cop." And he starts like flirting with her. But then, yeah, it turns out he's so busy flirting with this lady uh, that he ends up missing getting back on the plane because now the plane's taking off with the new prisoners. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and also, uh, they also get rid of uh, Garland's greens restraint at some point. They take off his mouth gag, and he says, "Hello, fellow teens." <laughs> Well, and, I do like and, the part where, like, like even all the other prisoners are scared of Garland Green, and that, that that's when John Malkovich is like, we, like, you don't keep a work of art like that tied up. We need he deserves yeah. our respect. We need to let him go. I do love Ving's Ving Rames trying to uh, let him go. Is all like <laughs> trying to untie him. He's like he's almost he's like trying to untie like a, like a rabid dog. Where even Ving Rames is like, yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to touch you. And they let uh, yeah, they let Steve Buscemi go. And Steve Buscemi's just like, hey, what? <laughs> he's just like, yep. I do like he's like everyone. Oh, howdy. Yeah, yeah. hey. Yeah. So they're on their way. But they, they, they're not making good time. They're dragging. And the uh, drug dealer guy that just got on, whoever the fuck he is. This... Is, he, is, he the, is he the guy that was in Bulletproof? You know what? I meant to look it up because, you know what? He looks like... I'll look it up. He looks kind of like the bad guy from Crocodile Dundee 2, but I know he's too young to be that guy, too. 
He looks enough like, I, you know, I'm sure I've seen him in something else, but I can't remember. I can't remember if also he's the chief bad guy or if he's just the son of the bad Like, I can't remember because it does end up being revealed later that this entire plot is John Malkovich was essentially paid by a South American drug dealer to liberate this guy. And I can't remember if this... He is, he is not He is not Crocodile Dundee 2. We're just racist and see all brown people as the Well, same no, one. he does have a very specific <laughs> Aqualine. Almost, he does have, like, like almost Aztec... No, like the note. Yeah. It's not just like he's like Max. It's not like you're confused. Him with oh, Dave I know. I was but you, but you know what I mean exactly. Well, that's the thing. In the '80s, every other movie had a South American drug lord bad guy. So there's a yeah. thousand guys like him, and the like were bad guys in these movies. But uh, um, but yeah, there's very specific because yeah, I don't know. But anyway. And he's like, oh, we can't be late because the drug lord will be very mad at us if we're late. And it's like, motherfucker, you, you, you're. This is you're fucking stealing a giant plane. I think he can give you fifteen. Yeah, minutes. seriously. And unless unless he's being what's he gonna be like? Hey, you guys are late. Come on, TikTok. Like, here. What kind of like? Unless like, yeah, who gives a shit? Like this is gonna be a miracle <laughs> enough that you pull it off. Unless like the drug guy they're gonna meet at the airport is like he's so under duress. Like unless he's being chased by the cops at the same time he's gonna try to pick up these guys. Like who gives a shit? Exactly. So, yeah. Especially. If supposed to be out, meet out in the middle of nowhere then fuck they could just stay out there for a week and hang out who gives a shit yeah yep they uh, they gotta go down check the landing gear so um ving rames and nicholas cage go down there to check it out and it turns out that uh uh, uh fuck his name just fell uh, uh james chappelle's torso <laughs> is stuck in the james landing gear chappelle. James Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. I'm not uh, quite sure how this happened, too, because last time we saw Dave Chappelle, he was running alongside the airplane trying to catch up, and I guess somehow he managed to climb up into the wheel well of the, the, the landing gear. So, and got my question on this... Yeah. He got smushed, yes. Yeah. My question on this is, why the fuck did he care? He was dressed as a cop, he, and there was a giant standstorm. He could have just hid out and escaped. Yeah, he could have just walked away. Why did he away. need to get back on the plane? He could have just he just, just could have stolen a car, and that's... I mean, he wouldn't have been flying to Acapulco with everyone, but still, he was free. He could not like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially once he realized he wasn't going to catch up. Why risk his life doing this? And and so, yeah, while well, Ving Rhames' back is turned, Nicolas Cage uh, realizes there's a Sharpie inside Dave Chappelle's pocket, so he writes on Dave Chappelle's shirt, like, hey, better off dead, we're gonna go to this airport, meet us there. Mm-hmm. And that's... How did he know his name? I, they, I think he overheard Who'd him talking on the radio to, to fucking Malkovich, I guess? Oh, yeah, I guess there was a point where he went to the... Or something, the, uh, yeah. ...cabin and is like... Where are we going? That is explained, but there is the funny scene. <laughs> it's actually one of the better moments in the movie. Of suddenly, it's like Fresno, California, and some old fat couple are just like driving around, and like a bird shits on the dude's window, and the guy's like, "I can't believe I just waxed this car. I can't believe mm-hmm. anything ever bad happened in this car." He's like, "Whoop da doop de doo. Why might as well go on my way?" And then suddenly, Dave Chappelle's face lands on his car, and it's just yeah. like it's it's pretty great. It's funny. And especially, there's a blue screenshot of Dave Chappelle, like, slowly falling through the sky, where it's him just laying on a table, but he's making this, like, Mm -hmm. eh, dead (laughs) face, which just looks like, it looks like something from one of his sketches, but then he suddenly turns into a a stunt dummy that's been painted black, uh, when he actually does land on top of the the car, which is also kind of funny, too, but, anyway, but that's, that's not there, anyway. Cusack gets a phone call about, and is told about the body with the note on it, and whatever, and... 
he tries to warn the people because they take out attack helicopters to take down the plane and he says no my baby plane no don't do it star trek don't do yeah. it and they say ah fuck you bleh. this goes and on for a while asshole. too about how yeah whether or not they should shoot down the plane yeah star and trek's like fuck he, you i'm gonna go do it he's like he tells them he's like hey guys um the pl- that's what you're chasing isn't actually that it's got the, it t- he lays it all out for them and they're like <laughs> jerk off motion whatever yeah we're bad at our jobs and they turn off the radio because he does say like we just got a message from like we found a dead body that says hey it's directed at me saying hey the are the this stolen airplane is going to this airport and he yeah. says this to Star Trek, and then and Chief O'Brien's like, fuck you, I think it's... Their transporter's obviously going this way, transporter. Transponder. He was the transporter chief on the Star Trek The Next Generation, which makes it funny. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, the trans, uh, their transponder is going this way. You're, you've also, they're obviously just lying to you. And he's like, why are they yeah. lying? They, they, there's a dead body out the... Like, this is, and this is when he also, uh, better off dead, begins to suspect that Nicolas Cage may have done this, and that he may be working against... He's trying... Because he, 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 he's the only person on the airplane who has any kind of not insanely violent history like he's like then he later on he starts making this argument for like Nicolas Cage he's like the one person on the plane who is not like a, a, a psychopath he's only on there because of an accidental murder from 10 years ago and stuff and shit like that but yeah um, but yeah fucking Star Trek is all like throughout this whole movie no matter what anyone says to him about like a lo- any kind of logic or sense I mean the, the, the whole point of his character being there is just to run interference against the good guys because he's an idiot because this movie would be <laughs> only half as long as it sh- as it is is if if he wasn't there to like fuck everything up and man we'll, we'll get to this later but this whole thing with a transponder transponder being on the wrong airplane is the part i think this if they had done it differently i this movie would have been it would have pushed the movie over to being too uh, an actual classic for me but they totally pussy out the last second we'll get to that but yeah anyway yeah so let's see uh, something, something. all that happens yeah. plot plot then... plot Mm-hmm. They start to get suspicious of Cage because he says he's got 15 years left. That's why I stayed on the plane, and he wants to. He couldn't have go through with no one. He didn't try to escape when he could. Yeah. Uh, but some guy's like, hey, that would have put you in cell block 12 or whatever. But yeah, I never saw you there. He's like, well, I didn't see anybody there because I didn't want to. So Handles brings in Cage's wife and talks to her about it. They try to make it emotional with their tears and a soft guitar. And, yeah. Oh, he must have had a good reason, whatever. You know, it's a it's an 80s or 90s action movie when, when there's a blonde wife crying and there's like a soft Spanish guitar in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's when he gets a call about the body and all that shit. Okay, that, okay so, yeah. Uh, and he goes to get a plane. He's like, I need a plane to fly me here. And they're like, eh, we're all out of planes. But, you know, take a car. You can get the real fast in a car. And so he steals O'Brien's car with the ass kicker. I don't know what kind of car, but it had some super speedy 70 sports car. Or, yeah, silver sports car. Yeah. So the guy who is suspicious of Cage goes through a box of his stuff in the belly of the plane. Because they have access to that. And he finds out he's up for parole. Which makes him a... Against all the other prisoners, I guess, I guess. This, this, this is like such a huge plot twist in the movie that like suddenly Nicholas Cage is exposed, and now they're gonna have to kill him. Which who gives a shit? So what? He's up for parole. <laughs> That's even like they don't know at this point that like anyone's been actively working against them on the plane. So I don't know why this is such a huge revelation to this character. 
But yeah, this is one of the bad guys. This is the bad guy who, like, he found his wife fucking his brother, and so he wound up, like, killing his wife's whole family or something like that, too. So he's supposed to be super badass. Yeah. Even though he just looks like uh, Troy Baker. He just looks like a normal dude, but <laughs> he gets into a big fight with uh, Nicolas Cage in the belly of the Ooh, ship. Ooh, there's nothing better than a crouching fight <laughs> in an enclosed space. You know what, Evolta, if you're gonna make any, if you're gonna take any liberties in the movie like this, make it to the big fight space where, the, where you have a big fight scene like this. Let them stand up and actually fight each other, because like this crouching fight is just so awkward, and it's, it's not, not a like good any fight. other other sets inside the plane are believable. Exactly, this is the one thing where you could just fake it, just like add an extra two feet of headspace there, so could they they get actually a fight. Like this is just like them kind of just bumbling against each other. It's it's not the interesting fight the movie wants it to be. But yeah, and at some at some point, I guess a steam pipe gets broken. Yeah, just is randomly, that, just you, a pipe, yeah. a steam pipe on and an airplane. So. I guess it could be like this. <laughs> other so guy gets punctured on there, and the steam starts swollen out. I of guess it could be like a hydraulic pipe, but that you think that would fuck I up another it. part of the ship? Yeah, who uh, knows? just yeah. But he gets stabbed, and, and he dead. Yeah, does 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 does, uh, does Cage grab his bunny out of the box or whatever? Or... I know it becomes oh, no, an that's, issue later. That's one of the famous lines. Is he's hold? Is that... Yeah, he's holding the bunny. He says, "Put the bunny down." <laughs> I never heard and of that before. I guess that's a big lie. So that's one of those things. And then where... he tells him, "I told you you should have put the bunny down." This is that was one of those lines where I was while watching the movie, I'd never heard of before, but I could totally tell. I could see the ghost of a thousand dude bros forcing their girlfriends <laughs> to watch this movie and like stopping everything to make sure everyone was quiet when that line came out because it's supposed to be such the big like. Oh, oh no, to be fair, <laughs> it's not. It's not dude bros, because my wife said, write that line down, that's important. No, I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that, but you know the one of those things where people over, it is good enough, but like, once it gets seeded into people's memories, it becomes a much more funnier and important line than it actually is if you're just watching it on first blush. And You mean like, give me the fucking elephant? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Dark man? Dark man, yeah, well, that's a great scene, but people have kind of blown it up so much that like, it loses some of its charm if you're gonna like, try to make it a big, big thing when you're trying to show that movie to other people. Let people enjoy those dumb precious moments organically you don't have to stop the whole room and make sure everyone's quiet so they can hear this one dumb line because you're kind of yeah you're kind of robbing that moment of its of its potency so, but yeah but it is great though so, i mean the bloody thing is great the elephant <laughs> take the fucking elephant <laughs> I'm, 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 now i'm that dude bro yeah he's just reciting the lines from the movie anyway shut up bell gi joe will return after these messages he's a u.s ranger Highly decorated. Did a little hell raising when he was a kid, but nothing serious. He's defending his wife. Got in a drunken brawl. And he killed a guy. Could have happened to you or me. After serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime lives, three regents, and Kathy Lee's, and a genuine 2020 interviewee. What you looking at, punk? Nothing, I was just lying on your cage. But one wrong flight. Stewardess, what's the end of flight movie today? <laughs> can ruin your whole day. What happened? We caught the plane, man! Welcome to Con Air. 
Jailbird 1, you are not cleared for takeoff. And nobody on this aircraft gives a flying. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. What are you going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the day. This summer, check your weapons. Take your seat. Isn't that your car? And say your prayers. He's got the whole world in his hand. From Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer of The Rock. Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich. Where are they going to land this thing? How do you feel about the blackjack tables? On June 6th. Woo! Buckle up. Con Air. Directed by Simon West. Thank you, and have a pleasant flight. <laughs> Back to G.I. Joe. So Nicolas Cage goes back up and sits back down. And, uh, Steve Buscemi's like, two went down, one comes up. Oh, blah, blah, blah. He <laughs> talks for a while calmly. He's like, I wore a lady's head as a hat through three states, driving a car, what whatever. Right all question, that jazz. How do you wear anyone's head as a hat? Did he have to tie yeah. it? Was it like a bonnet where he had to tie it down beneath was his chin? The, was it the whole head? Was it just the top well, That's what I did, did he scalp them? scoop it out? Like, did, yeah. Did the neck Because a hat. I don't know. Because you're just a hat. A head is just another head. So, it's not. It's, somehow, it's like saying I wore basketball. It's a hat. And I'm like, I can see how you can maybe try that, but it's not really going to work for three yeah. states. Yeah. So somehow, uh, uh, Sandals fucking, what's his name? Yeah, better uh, off dead John Cusack. Yeah. Yeah, John Cusack is able to beat a plane <laughs> to the airfield in his car. <laughs> I did see someone was pointing out online that, like, you could tell, like, through all the shots where we're supposed to be driving in a straight line in a, in a desert, where the camera's just bolted uh-huh. to the side of the car. He's obviously just driving in circles if you just look at how the sun and everything is moving around, <laughs> which I thought nice. that was kind of funny, but yeah. Anyway, but yeah, he makes it to the to this abandoned air uh, strip out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an airplane junkyard. And he, he, yeah, he, he finds, uh, he goes up to a control fi- tower and finds a guy with his fl- throat slit. Yeah. Then Con Air comes in and almost crashes into another plane that's landing at the time, and they just they do a jump bump before they land because planes can do that. Yeah, I, I guess. guess so. Yeah, just lift up and back down right away. Which is for like a, like for an abandoned, especially a giant plane like this. Which is funny because they talk about how this is supposed to be like an abandoned, uh, junk like uh, uh fucking junkyard airstrip. But yeah, I guess someone is using it to like take off just when they happen to be. I, I, you're not supposed to think about it too hard, but it is funny. Like one guy in a little Cessna is trying Which to take is, off, and yeah, <laughs> that's the whole movie. Yeah, it's just try not to think about coincidence it too hard. of the motion picture, and yeah, so that that so... that explains why instead of just a normal landing, the guy's uh fucking the guy from Lost almost crashes the airplane into a like a propane tank, but almost like it mm-hmm. barely almost doesn't hit it, and, and now it's all half buried in the ground. Yeah. But they're happy. But also not happy because the drug lord they're supposed to meet them there isn't there. Oh no! Where, where is he? And he's the the younger drug lord guy's like, give him time, whatever. He'll be here. This role is like, yeah, and John Malkovich is a little pissed because he's like, we the hold ass to get here on time. Now we're here, and like that fucker's late. Which and also, yeah. uh, Steve Buscemi's character wanders <laughs> off and has tea with a little girl in a sad, dried-out pool, 
and next to a, a trailer park, which I guess is right next to this airfield, and somehow nobody heard the giant plane crashing That's the thing. into this airfield from this trailer because, park. Because, like, they run into this little girl, and they already established that this airfield is out in the middle of nowhere and completely abandoned, but I'm like... Is there a tra- and it isn't until later that they re- re- reveal there's an actual trailer park next to this. So this place wasn't quite abandoned if you've got a whole community living there. And which mm-hmm. I guess does explain how there was one guy like trying to take off when they just happened to land. Because this place is just, it's just simply not as abandoned as everyone seemed to suggest at the beginning of the film. But yeah, but like <laughs> the, the fucking uh, Steve Buscemi spends like the at, like the rest of the running time of the movie until they have to leave, just like having tea time with this little girl. Which I do, I they play it up like, oh my god, he's gonna eat the little girl. I like yeah. what they do with Buscemi's character. I thought it was cute, but yeah. <laughs> murderous, murderous man is so adorable. I mean, so, Steve Buscemi, though, he has enough pathos to that character at works, though, but yeah. So, Vingram's gonna kill the guards that they had as hostages, but Nicholas Cage is like, <laughs> and t- talk, tells them they gotta wait till they're yeah, at him. <laughs> <laughs> back in the air, but they need the ho- in case they need the hostages, and fucking Cyrus the Virus is like, I agree with him. And, <laughs> we we shall not kill uh, them. <laughs> well, it is interesting because he does Nicholas Cage, and he says it's time for Plan B. Because I, I guess he has Plan B, which uh, the Plan B, what Plan B consists of them hand digging the plane out of the ground. It's not really Plan B as much as what they have to do to survive. It's not like really. It's just yeah. Uh, well, I and guess getting th- fuel from it, which Nicholas Cage is like, I'll find a fuel truck. Like I said, you no, know, they said they were eventually, they were just going to make a stop here. I was going to say maybe the original plan was they were just going to land here and the, everyone goes their separate ways. But no, they were always saying that they originally they what? were going to fly to Mexico or well, they were. So Yeah, because they were going to get on the drug lord's So plan B of digging the airplane out of the ground is just plan A, except with the, with the, the, the complication they have to dig the plane up out of, back out of the ground before they can take well, no, off no, again. they were going to abandon the plane because they were going to I'll get on the drug lord's jet. Oh, that's what... Oh, that... Because he gets... Oh, that's a teeny jet. I don't think it would have been able to hold everybody. But I guess well, that's, that's the point. The twist, that's the twist. Bill, is yeah. I forgot yet. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so, for pointing out the basic plot. So, oh, hey, man. It's... It, basic is the word. So, uh... Oh, and the one big Nicholas defense Cage Nicholas goes, Cage... One of his defenses of not killing the guards was like, hey, you can't you don't know if this drug guy is going to st- stab us in the back, so we need to keep these guys alive for what leverage we can in case the drug dealer guy, he's planning to stab, stab us all in the back. Which, I, I'm assuming he's bluffing there, but that turns out to be exactly what the what the drug dealer's plan is, I yep. guess. Yeah. So he uses the guise of going and finding a fuel truck to fuel up the plane to to look for a needle for his buddy who's dying in the plane. Yeah, whatever. He's been dying for like six he hours He goes now. in a hangar, finds some onions and chicken feet. <laughs> Which I and that may be my favorite bit in the whole movie. It's just the box of onions <laughs> and chicken feet. Um, but uh, he also finds some drug lords with a small jet. Uh, like a tiny Too small to jet, fit all yeah. the cons on. But also, uh, Better Off Dead is in there, too. And while they're distracted, because they hold, pull the gun on Nicolas Cage, he roundhouse kicks and punches them all and shoots them in the legs. And, ooh, he got him. And then they have oh, a Oh, we forgot the thing of, like... 
how Nicolas Cage, there's like four bits in the movie where Nicolas Cage will do something and suddenly electric guitars will start waving in. Like this, um, totally. Oh, it's way more than four bits. It's, it's like, Amer- <laughs> like super like we salute America, like fucking electric guitars. Like, wow! And it's totally, it's Mystery Science Theater 3000 levels of cheese. And again, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I think the movie's kind of trying to be kind of funny and ironic, but at the other time, I don't, I don't think it's being completely ironic. And I think it, the movie does kind of think Nicolas Cage is being a badass when he, he's not. He's just a fucking idiot. But yeah, so, but this yeah. is one of the big scenes where like guitars rise up and he's supposed to be super. And this is one, this is actually probably the most action oriented thing because he is doing like roundhouses and karate kicks and shit hey, like that. What? Um, Why is he in like jeans and a wife? Peter, shouldn't a convict be wearing like prison like clothes? Like everyone else, because he's Nicholas Cage yeah. and he didn't want to be in fucking uh, fucking uh fucking police pajamas. I guess yeah, it's a good because, fucking okay. yeah. Because he's got like I think he's got like shit kicker <laughs> boots on. Yeah, no, he's got like yeah, no, he's well, it's not shit kicker boots, but they're definitely yeah. This is definitely not uh, uh prison issue garb. That's a really good point, actually. There's only two men that Poe trusts. One is himself, and the other is not there. Which and he got to save his friends, but better off dead says, "Hey, I talked to your wife." And he says, "If we talk to her again, tell her lower. My honeyberry. Now I gotta go save a fucking day." Which <laughs> that's one of those moments you can totally tell that's supposed to be like, yeah. And it's but, just oh, like, no, there's there was a drug lord still on the plane who saw the whole thing. He's freaked out. Whatever. Yeah. Is it ever suggested? Is that the drug lord, or is that just one of like? I don't like know. It's, it's just it doesn't matter. So There's a brown guy these left. Fuckers! These motherfuckers are pulling a plane out with an old shitty tractor and their bare fucking hands and rope. I'm sorry, no. You know, airplanes are notoriously no. super lightweight, especially giant cargo uh, fucking prison planes filled with no bulletproof Dan metal Riker and cages. Is a baffling human who thinks he can fight a wolf and win when he thinks planes can be pulled out with your bare hands and rope. Yeah. Because of movies like this. It, they're, but they're tough, though. They're all prison people. They know how to... It's a Buddha book. I'm sure whoever... Whatever seven-year-old wrote this script said, I've seen strong men pull planes with a rope before, so yeah. a bunch of strong convicts could do it, not realizing that those planes are <laughs> fucking in neutral on wheels, not buried in neutral the ground. Neutral on wheels and probably emptied out and probably like, like, like a slight Cessna or something like that. It's not a giant fucking Stupid. cargo plane that's been specifically reinforced with... Bulletproof metal and cages and locks and <laughs> extra electrical systems and all kinds of shit. Like, yeah, no, this is going to be one of the heaviest possible planes you could even try to do this with. Yeah. But don't worry, they'll pull it out with some rope. No, well, just because they're prisoners and they did a lot of time in jail, so they did a lot of weightlifting, so now this is going to work, yeah. So, Garland sings, he got the whole world in his hand with the little girl. It's nauseating, yeah. I hate it's it. It's supposed to be creepy, so. but it's just nothing. It's just kind of, yeah. Is it? Or, I guess it and, is. I mean, in oh. retrospect, watching it, when Except you realize... Except they use, like, a fisheye lens on the little girl that makes her look monstrous. <laughs> Almost as monstrous. I feel bad for Steve Buscemi, because they went out of their way to make him up in this movie. Like, not any special effects makeup, but just, like, just to make him look so, like, a caricature of himself. He looks so ghastly in this movie. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna eat that kid, but yeah, he doesn't do anything. It's just, they're still just hanging so, out. Yeah. 
The drug lords try to take off in their jet, which if they had to just wait a little while, they were good to have gotten away. Yeah, because the, 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 the bad guys were just about to leave, so if they had waited 20 minutes, Con Air would have yeah. taken off and there wouldn't have been... This, but no, they've got to suddenly try to be, get to the skies before Con Air can get off, for whatever reason. Yeah, but they don't... They don't do it because better off dead drops a crane on their plane, cutting it in yeah, half. Yeah, shears the tail end all And off. it it crashes into a gas station where the young drug guy is like, Hey, Cyrus, don't do it. And he says, oh, what does he fucking say? He's, no, it's, well, the fucking, so the plane's leaking gasoline. Well, we were coming place. to get you. Yeah, well, so the plane's leaking gasoline The get when the, when, when, when the, <laughs> when the jet plane, uh, when it got its tail cut off and went through a gas station, there's gasoline all over the place. Uh, the drug guy who, I guess, paid for all this stuff, he's like, Cyrus, don't kill me! Because, like, Cyrus, he takes the cigarette he from said, the pilot oh, guy. Well, hold on, Bill. Yeah. Hold on now. He does take the cigarette. Uh... And he says, come on, Cy, run And he throws the cigarette. It's fucking... His articulation uh... of run <laughs> if actually if you hold that by itself as one of the best movie lines in history i could say that because it's so if you don't understand what the context it is it just sounds like what is ranara <laughs> is that someone's name <laughs> but yeah so, so everything the, starts kabloom kablam they do, that guy gets blown speaking up of, i'm assuming and, this is this may have been a little cgi because you get to see the guy actually does get like it's the yeah. dude and like flames shoot up in his face and it's actually pretty graphic and i think nicholas cage is also hiding in the gas station and he Yes, he is, because we get to watch 20 minutes of him running in slow motion while squinting. Yeah, and then he jumps out, and, like, actually, there is a good... St- I've, the, the stunt guy actually had to jump out there as it was exploding, and you get to see the fire, like, erupting around the stunt guy, and it's actually pretty good. And I do, like... Yeah, he rolls under a car, because uh, the fire can't get under there. <laughs> fire goes up, never sideways or down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially explosion so. fire. Well, I do, like... and I, There's a uh, fat old guy beneath hiding beneath the truck... Uh, next to Nicholas Cage, which does, I guess, I'm assuming that's the cook at the gas station, because right before it blew up, Nicholas Cage, there was like a plate of like fresh sliced apples or something like that. And I was like, where the mm. hell did that come from? Is this is if this is all abandoned? Again, leading the point, this place was not nearly as abandoned as as a bad guy seemed to think it was. If, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. And then he's like, oh, where's a needle? And the fat guy's like, oh man, your drugs will be the end of you, but there's probably <laughs> one in the. In the fire truck, in the old, uh, wherever. Yeah, there's a, there's a fire, mill. S- one of the junked, pieces of junk in the junkyard is a fire truck, and he's like, well, if the fire truck's first aid kit is still intact, there might be a needle in there. Yeah, So you can just fill yard, your, you can fill your buddy up with fucking, uh, fucking rust, with fucking tetanus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, he, he's gonna head that way, and all the cons decide to get the weapons out that they somehow figured were underneath the plane. Yeah, that they only f- decided and to Cyrus, break out now. Yeah, Cyrus also notices the guy that Cage killed is down there, kind of poorly hidden under a blanket. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Stuff happens. The army shows up, because uh, Better Off Dead had called him and said, you're gonna get there, and the... Uh, they are no match for these eight convicts with assault rifles. Well, and there's a little thing. And like, explosive devices, because those weren't good. I guess too. even though there's only ten minutes before the military shows up, that's just enough for John Malkovich to get everyone huddled up, and he says, oh, okay, we're gonna... The, he Somehow he knows the military is just gonna come through this one yeah. pathway through the junkyard. Even though it's a junkyard, they could be coming... It's an open junkyard. It's not like it's fenced off. The military could be coming from... I mean, they know that the military is coming from one direction, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee you that the entire convoy is gonna come through one 
Like, you think, if anything, the military would be enough to, like, split up its forces and, like, flank them or something like that. But no, they just assume, which, well, I mean, this is what happens, that the military, they're going to do a uh, fucking clear and present danger, come right through the middle. The bad guys are going to blow up the first and last uh, trucks in the convoy, trap the remaining yeah. survivors, and just blow them all to hell. And that's yeah. pretty much what happens. Yeah. Uh, Danny Trejo tries to rape the girl with the... Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage's friend being like, oh, don't do it, crawling on the floor, yeah. he's all sweaty and, and dying or whatever. And Cage finds the needle in the truck, runs back through explosions and bullets whizzing, and manages to avoid it all. Wow, music is roaring through the skies. And also, the little girl's tea set's broken. Oh no! What happened? Because she's not there anymore. And you're like, oh no! Did she? Did did fucking oh, Steve no. Buscemi manage to eat her in like one big bite? Like what happened? He's wearing her head as a hat. Yeah, okay. no. So he, he uh, Poe gets back, stops the rape, beating up Danny, and it just what does he say? That's not how you treat a lady. Well, or beating his head against the bulkhead or something like that. Yeah, which I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, we so, missed the um, most funniest most politically correct part because suddenly there's a gay guy oh, mixed in with the prisoners yeah. and because I, Holly, I kind of made a point not to mention that upsetting <laughs> that is, yeah, this is the most like oh goddamn movie uh I, I only mentioned this because i don't think it was until brokeback mountain came out that hollywood realized that all gay men don't necessarily just want to be women but this gay yeah. guy, he finds a pretty dress, and he's just—he does nothing to the plot. He's just an offensive ca uh, caricature stereotype, and that's it. Yep. He's just like, eh. that's it. and I just—I mm -hmm. only—I only remember that because I'm scanning through the movie now as we're talking about it. But yeah, um, yeah, God, yeah. The character that does nothing to the plot. He doesn't have any relationships with anybody or anything. He's just there to offend the gay community. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> hey, not just the gay community. Every you can offend oh, that's all of exactly us. anyone who cares. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, so uh, sense. He, he he handcuffs Danny Trejo back up or whatever, yeah. and the plane takes off. Even though Nicholas Cage had hooked a rope to a cement block, which oh, I uh, guess maybe that was Cyrus. Cyrus just shoots and that breaks the cement block with bullets. I can't remember why they had tied like like that rope to the block. Maybe it was part of like. It, well, Nicholas Cage did. Oh, that okay, okay. At some point, but the, like the the, the the block breaks, the 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 hook on the rope, end of the rope catches on uh, Chief O'Brien's uh, Star Trek car. Oh, it's so stupid! It's, it turns it's into so a cartoon it for a flip while. Flip flops, flies all over, and manages to hook the car perfectly under its front bumper yeah. or whatever. And they fly off and trail the car behind it. And... The car is flying. I, it is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they actually. I, I I wonder if it's actually a model plane with a model car behind it because I don't think you could pull this off with even like a and fiberglass fake car uh, attached to a life-sized full working airplane. I don't think yeah, this would work. Nicholas but... Cage, the lady cop, and his friend aren't able to get off the plane. They but looking back, they see the car flying. And he says, "On any other day, that might be strange." I thought that was a cute line. That that's actually a, like a die-hard line. I thought was actually pretty good. So eventually, the car falls from the sky. Yeah, well, it, ca it somehow, catches on like I guess. It can, there, there's a there's a one of those uh, like at the airports where you stand on the thing and uh air, like air traffic controller towers that it catches on and, and mm. just crashes and down. somehow it it transports backwards <laughs> and lands right in front of uh yeah o'brien because we everybody. saw it fly oh away, there was also but now it's suddenly transported back to the junkyard yeah i also didn't write the part but uh they do Tra track the uh the cessna or whatever and see that it's not con air 
and they, they were going to That was the thing I was going to but... say that that's the point where the movie jumped the shark where I was no longer with the film. I think the movie totally pulled mm. its punches. Because they're leading up to the idea that, like, Chief O'Brien wants to blow up Con Air, and he takes yeah. a bunch of Apache ch- uh, helicopters to go blow it up. And they're about to bl- blindly blow up the airplane without even looking <laughs> to see what it is. At the last moment, they find out it's like Uncle Bob's, Billy Bob's scenic uh, airplane tours and filled with yeah. a bunch of old people. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you got to blow these guys up. That'll be fucking hilarious. But no, they don't do it. No. There's an old lady on the airplane going, oh, my God. And that's the end of that whole fucking plot thread. And that's when I was like, yep. Man, movie, you pussied out so fucking bad. You could have just if you <laughs> if you had your ball, if, if you had the balls to actually pull through that and actually make Chief Brian blow up Billy Bob scenic airplane to airplane. I would have loved this movie forever. But no, I mean, the guy's an asshole anyway. Why not just like you know, I, if this were a Paul Verhoeven movie, they, that plane would have been fucking nuked ten ways oh, to yeah. Sunday. But anyway, yeah. So and uh, this oh man, this movie is a Paul Verhoeven movie. Come on now! <laughs> oh my god, the bad guys would Fuck win and yes. they would be right. <laughs> this movie would be a damning <laughs> indictment of the United States penal system. Like yeah. So. Also, the little girl isn't dead. I guess the mass murderer who wore a lady's head on his hat for a hat is pretty cool now. Yeah, well, he does earlier say that he only, like, most murders are committed out of necessity, but it's the rare time you get to kill somebody out of pure passion, and it's a beautiful thing. And I guess it's one of those mm-hmm. things where, like, I guess he doesn't kill everyone. I mean, I guess, I mean, it would presumably this is how he survived for so long before being captured because he's killed so many people. Is like he's, I mean, he's probably got some kind of discretion. He's, n- although you think the fact he has been able to kill anyone, he would tr- tr- try to kill the first yeah, person was- he can after. Uh, but uh, whatever, it, I don't know. He's a good also, guy. He has I guess. like a Ken doll now. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And also, they play "Sweet Home Alabama." <laughs> Fucking, I hate that song. Well, and piece then- of. Oh my gosh, I hate that "Sweet Home Nick Alabama." Nick does point it, out every that a whole third bunch- song. On the radio is fucking Sweet Home Alabama. People love that Skinner, and that's what Nicholas Cage points if, out that, like, look at these fucking dumbasses <laughs> on an airplane celebrating uh, the fact that celebrating to a, a song written by a bunch of guys who died in an airplane crash. If uh. I could never hear Sweet Home Alabama and a little ditty about Jack and Jan again, Diane, yeah. I would and it is be that pretty kind happy. of own genre of like old fucking seventies classic tunes of just like terrible. So Ving Rhames, I'm gonna find the Calliope version of those songs and put them in the background loop on this whole podcast. That's fine. At least you don't have to hear the lyrics. So Ving Raim finds one of the notes Cage's daughter wrote him about. My daddy's coming home on my birthday and my July birthday. I, yeah. I, I wrote this in five different color crayons. Because I'm a little kid, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. So you know what I actually would have read if Malkovich had been like, and, oh hey, I didn't know your rifle, you wrote you a letter. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the so, best burn against fucking Cage. And, yeah. But yeah, he shows the letter to Malkovich. Well, also, why wasn't Nicholas Cage dumb? Why didn't he hide that shit? Yeah, no, he just leaves his it's box. Already of- almost, it already almost blew his ass open once. Yeah, even, even in the movie's own weird universe where all this evidence could be used to like make the, all the other prisoners want to kill him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess we already saw what a terrible job he did of trying to hide the, the, the dead dude. Why didn't he just mm-hmm. put the lid back on the box? It's not like anyone would have known it was his <laughs> stuff. No, he just left all the 
evidence Well, they don't her. know it's his stuff. Oh, my God. Because Cyrus is like, who is the traitor? <laughs> oh, I forgot that's what it is. Yeah. Or else he kills the, the deputy lady. Who's got a retarded and, wife? And Cage is about to be... Uh, say it was him, but then his buddy he saved jumps up and is like, "Ah, it was me. I was just pretending to be sick." Ha ha! Yeah, I do like Malcolm. Like, you've been on death's door for ten hours now. Come on, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's like, I was fooling, acting, pretty clever, huh? <laughs> Voila! And and Cyrus shoots him and says, "No, that is clever, bitch." <laughs> Zing? That's Got one of those him, things where I, I don't think the writers the writers meant to come back and put more of a zinger in that, but like they got tired <laughs> or distracted. Cause you could feel that that's supposed to be a big punchy moment, but it's just kind of like, I guess that's a thing he could say. I guess, yeah. yeah. So, oh shit, attack helicopters are trailing him now, which Cyrus shoots at with his pistol, because yeah. that'll work. But you do get the great moment. And the back is still hanging but open. But that's the moment where he's gonna, he, he like, he grabs the buddy and starts threatening it. And that's it, no, and yeah. it's all blue screen too because it looks extra '90s terrible. And it's just it is a funny image of blue screen John Malkovich on the back of a prison plane holding a bunny up, threatening to shoot it while a bunch of attack choppers <laughs> fly up in the sky behind him. That's that's one of those things. Watching a movie like this, that's I was watching this movie like okay, yeah, this is not a wait, total waste of two hours. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh well, it's, it's still an hour left. So enjoy. Yeah. So, uh. Better Off Dead is upset because their choppers are shooting at the plane, and fucking fool, who cares at this point? Yeah. What, what I do guess you care? he's just because he wants to. Tra- he now he knows that like fucking Nicholas Cage is like, working for. Uh, tra- yeah, they're assholes, but I'm kind but of on the their side. But at the same time, like you've got like the most lethal fucking prisoners in the fucking world on this airplane. I mean, the fact I was sure Nicholas Cage might die, but if it means all these guys get killed, and yeah, seriously, the yeah, I could understand why. A better off dead, just like f- oh, fucking yeah. Who's- How are these the only like two dudes in control of this situation? That's the other Where's thing. Everybody there's no one else? else. Does no other police get involved or care about this thing? Because it literally is. It's Chief O'Brien, better off dead, and like three other pilots who are all no. Yeah, it's it's very yeah, silly. So after he gets the. The Cage's friend gets shot. He said, maybe I was meant to die. Maybe God doesn't exist. So Nicholas Cage stands up and mumbles, I'm going to show you God doesn't exist. And the electric guitars so kick in. Guitar and music da, 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 wails da. as he goes forward, punching people, getting shot in the arm. But he's such a badass or dullard, I don't know, that he doesn't even feel yeah. it. He just works his way to the cockpit, slapping the terrible gay stereotype on his way I'd, because why i like he he's gonna punch him but he pauses he's like no he's a homosexual it's like, i have to slap him it's like this movie exists why, just movie, for this why? one dumb joke uh, just <laughs> yeah. uh, just uh, yeah so they got a missile lock on him but he gets on the radio and is like hey, don't fire at us come on man be cool and then he's, he says, I'm the captain of the plane now. Sure, whatever. I do like the pilot is not necessarily evil. He's just a pilot. Like, he doesn't actually hurt or kill anyone in this movie. And, it, yeah. like, even when Nicolas Cage gets up into the into the pilot's uh, uh, cabin, he's just like, eh, whatever. Okay, let's keep on. But so, also, no, Cyrus actually, is mad. while scanning through mm. the movie now, too, I'm noticing there's a lot of green screen bits in the windows. I'm wondering if mm. there's something where they meant to actually kind of go back and add some actual green screen footage, because it's it's the kind of movie special effects green that it doesn't look like it's a, it would have been a natural part of the set. I wonder if they just ran out of time mm. and they couldn't just... Yeah, anyway. And a couple shots. Cyrus is mad. He's shooting at doors he can't get through. He throws his gun, gun on the ground where the lady picks it up and knocks him out. Since I guess nobody, no other convicts were around 
it to help Cyrus I at mean, all. It, okay. Daniel, it's only prison ship filled with 15 convicts. They're all busy, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't yeah, exactly, guess, yeah. 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 So they get told to land at the Vegas airport, but the guy flying says they have one engine shot and zero fuel, so they're gonna land on the strip. And if they have zero fuel, what was it, where were they going? Yeah. What was, they were what obviously was Cyrus gonna, if they can't make B? it to Vegas, they weren't gonna make it to Mexico. Yeah. You know. So uh, oh, we skipped out. There's the whole thing where like fucking Chief mm. O'Brien, he's in an Apache ch- attack chopper and he's about to blow Con Air out of the sky. But like, yeah, fucking uh, better off dead. He pilots his attack chopper to get in between. Chief O'Brien, yeah, and yeah. so it's not that he's arguing against Chief O'Brien, but he actually gets in the way of Chief O'Brien shooting. But just in case anyone cares, that's neither here or there. But like, yeah, no, um, because they have power over these army guys. I, I guess. guess so. They could just command, like, yeah. Again, there's only so, three people in the, working for the uh, for the United States government in this movie. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. So they land. Cars explode. Signs explode. Palm trees explode. Yeah. And they crash. <laughs> what are you talking about? D- yeah. No, they literally do. They yeah. crash in front of a casino. Uh, Poe leaves the cockpit before they fully finish crashing for reasons. And Cyrus is now awake, telling him the last thing he'll talk to is going to smell is my stinky, stinky breath. But a propeller flies off. In the most, like, somehow kind of flies out between them kind of way just to interrupt their their. Well, it somehow pops off the plane, goes... Around it defies to physics. Come back that's what I'm saying. It like wakes and slices up, slices <laughs> through the plane, and they kind of just step back from each other, like, "Oh, that's a thing that happens." Yeah. And and it does a loop to loop. They just casually step out of the way, and then uh, various things happen. And Poe wakes up on the ground, even though we literally just saw him standing across from Cyrus. Yeah, fifteen seconds ago, he's like up on the shelf of the top tier of like. He had to climb the steps to go up to where he's at. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> to where he fell down, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, his friends we didn't give two shits about is saved. Yay. Yay, they're on the ground. Everyone, oh, I, but, but yeah. they're arresting people. But Cyrus and some of the other cons are sneaking out the bottom of the plane. I, and given how inept the law is in this movie, they should be able to get away well, very there only easily. seems to be, like, again, there's only, like, three police officers and two people working for the federal government in this world. So, of course, Nicholas Cage has to do all this by himself. And also, Dranny Trejo is dead. He had a, a tattoo on his arm with hearts on it that for everybody he raped, that and that arm good. came off. Yeah, you just see, because they're, they're taking it, they find him still strung up inside the airplane, and they're like, okay, he looks like he's dead. We need to uh, remove the body. And they go to move the body, and you like, see his body move, but his arm is still there, and he realizes his arms got ripped off, which I thought was pretty good. With no blood no, whatsoever. of course not, because it's a fucking... Uh, it's a ra- technically a rated R film, but it's PG-13 as fuck, aside from the swearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Poe says, Sir, this day was a birthday party to get to. I'm going to get to it. He tells that to Lady Cop, and she tells him, Next time, take the Again, bus. because Meow. there's no, like, police or infrastructure. <laughs> Poe, you live 15 minutes away. Next time, take the bus, <laughs> asshole. But yeah, there's no one Nick- Nicholas Cage has to report to, even though he's still a prisoner. Like, no one tries to yeah. arrest him or anything like that. He's just gonna go no. try to meet his family, I guess. Mm-hmm. Also, they fly his wife and daughter there to, to the drop them off right in this, site. <laughs> right in the middle of this disaster zone. Cool, yeah, where I guess. are you? And that's swarming with uncaptured prisoners. Uh-huh. So- oh, no! 
the uncaptured prisoners have stolen a fire engine and and fucking Cyrus is just on top of it. Just be like, hey, out. you want to notice me? I could have like gotten the cab of the truck, but no, no I want to hang out on the ladder. Gonna... I always yeah. I always wanted to ride one of these when I was a kid. Wee! Yeah, you could at least put on a fireman's hat to at least try to like pretend to blend in a little bit, but no. It's <laughs> no, just John so... Malkovich having the best baby's day out ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So, oh, Poe and, and Sandals notice him and they hop on some random cop bikes and give Chase kind of looking at each other. That's like, one of the things. Oh, yeah. Two minutes before all this started where it looked like Nicolas Cage was just going to meet up with his family. I had to get up and take a piss. When I got back, I was like, oh, there's 15 minutes left <laughs> in the movie. Just not enough time for a chase scene. Because they're going to mm-hmm. pull a diehard where you think everything's over, but no, the bad guy still needs to be confronted. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah, it's a bite. Uh, two uh, police motorbikes versus Nicolas yep. Cage on the back of a fucking... Well, uh, two more cops join the chase on their bikes, dropping their donut as they do. Uh, that's, that's that's the G.I. Joe cartoon universe that this movie existed, which, again, it's perfect for a G.I. Joe movie, not so much for, like, an actual uh, crime thriller that you're supposed to take semi-seriously, but it is funny, but, like, it's just, yeah. It's 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 so, very Chief Wiggum. <laughs> Yeah. Vane Rhymes is shooting him on the back of the fire truck and Poe has better off dead if that gun works and he says, shoot that son of a bitch. The oh but look out, Cyrus is on the hose of the <laughs> and sprays him. cops with water. <laughs> horrible, horrible yeah, water. Yeah, I do like ah. one man gets sprayed in the face and he's like, Oh my god, my weakness, water and falls down <laughs> and it's just I mean fire hoses are pretty powerful, but like it's a little it's silly. Don't you have to have them hooked up to a well, I'm sure too. I, like, I'm sure a fire truck might have a small reservoir of water, but like, yeah. you're not going to be able to continuously spray while the truck is in motion, and it's awesome. So, uh, Poe gets up behind the fire truck and grabs the ladder. His bike crashes into the back his of the truck bike? and explodes, killing Bing's Rames because it's apparently a Pinto. His, and you're his, welcome for that timely reference. Yeah, Look his it bike up. manages to somehow go faster after Nicholas Cage is on it to crash in and it explodes the moment it touches anything else. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, Ving Rames is gone. Nicholas Cage is dangling from the back of... He's, yeah, he's hanging, like, upside down from the ladder. Uh, better off mm-hmm. dead. I think he's run out of ammunition, but he's just trying to keep up. Um, yeah, and, and, and Cyrus tried to stab Nicholas Cage oh, with yeah. a fire hook. Yeah. As as uh, Better Off Dead climbs onto the side of the truck, and somehow there are zero other cops in Vegas following. Well, this all truck. the other cars, and there's no more traffic on the and like, yeah, the, this tunnel they're racing through is completely empty except for the fire truck too, and yeah, mm-hmm. and there's this belong. Well, it's this, a construction this, site, I the guess. Because uh, Vegas, be- Vegas is known for its tunnels randomly in the middle of the city. I guess so. That go on forever. Is it, isn't Vegas ever. in the middle of a desert? Are there tunnels in Vegas? Well, also, I don't, tunnels I don't where there's know. no traffic in it too. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after playing with the hook for a while, for a while. Grabs it, breaks it, and then stabs it through Cyrus's ankle, and he screams for a while. Yeah. And then Better Off Dead gets an axe and starts chopping at the roof of the car and says, Hey, you pull over. <laughs> and then he grabs the hose and starts filling the cab with water. I thought that water. was cute. Actually, I guess the cab is waterproof because it starts to fill up. Yeah. Which, yeah. And then somehow, even though he got stabbed through the ankle, Cyrus is able to stand up and punch Poe in the arm. To the point where that's it, looks about like, the... yeah, it looks like Poe's going to lose for a moment. Like, how does that work? Well, that's about the extent of the fight. Because yeah. then Poe takes the handcuffs that all of a sudden Cyrus just happened to be holding. Yeah. Just out of the and nowhere. And locks it up to cause... the ladder. And says, oh, you're not getting to my daughter. And then he raises the ladder. 
And I thought he was gonna get scraped along I, the top of the tunnel and like disintegrated, which would have been cool, to, but nope. I had to rewind how what the ending for John Malkovich is a couple times because this none of this makes sense. So yeah, so Nick well, was, he could have been scraped across the top of the that tunnel. Been that would have been good enough. Been, but no, yeah. But no, he crashes through a walk bridge. Yeah, I guess they as, leave as the tunnel the truck, just as yeah, they just leave the tunnel yeah. and hit a walk bridge. Just yeah, and. And the the tr the fire truck crashes into like a money transfer safety security truck. So now the sky's and that with explodes money, money yeah. everywhere. And Cyrus lands in a construction site. No, he doesn't. No, no, this is what. Oh no! <laughs> Cyrus okay. crashes through the walkway, does a flip through the glass of the walkway, lands on mm -hmm. some electrical wires, and is magically oh, suddenly yeah. transported onto a uh, moving conveyor belt on an previously unseen construction site that had doesn't seem to be anywhere near the street that they were just racing on and he's on the conveyor belt and instead of getting up rolling off the conveyor belt he's just like Aah! and then the conveyor belt gently dumps him into beneath like a rock crusher and so and even then malkovich is all like oh it's the rock crusher what's gonna happen and instead of getting out of the way mm -hmm. of like, like removing his head from the rock crusher he just looks up and screams and then his head gets squished and that's the end of yep, Cyrus the Virus. in the least the gory way they could possibly <laughs> yeah, shoot it. Yeah, it's just you see his feet wiggle or something we like that. We make this with Paul Verhoeven. Because that would have oh, been awesome. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Movie. There would have been a... You would have gotten it from three different angles. Oh, God. There would have been like a John Malkovich puppet with his eyeballs popping out that would have like <laughs> gotten, gotten squished. But like, yeah, just the fact mm -hmm. that John Malkovich teleports from the back of the, the truck to... Well, no, not even the truck, but he teleports from the electrical wires that he random lands on to suddenly he's in the middle of a construction site. Like, they don't show him like... It's not like a Looney Tunes cartoon where you see him like land on the electrical wires and then like... Electrical wires, he like springs Super Mario Sunshine st st style from the from the wires to like a and lands on a construction site. It's the most random ending, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. he's dead. So there's a bunny Poe rabbit. Able to save yeah. His yeah, he's able to save his daughter's bunny rabbit from going into the sewer. How did it end up there? <laughs> well, the, I mean, there's already enough shit teleporting around. Who knows what the fuck is going on? But yeah, it's all wet and gross now. Cool gift. Huh, and I do love and and yeah. Poe po tells Sandals. No, three men I <laughs> And then And I guess and, and, and so they go back to the, the, the casino where the plane crashed and I guess O'Brien and Better Off Dead are cool with each other. Yeah, now. uh uh Better Off Dead gives O'Brien's uh, keys back to him, which I guess people have pointed out. I, you don't see it actually you can't really see it on camera, but I guess O'Brien has since then said that O'Brien's character does have a Star Trek communicator badge as a keychain mm. on his keys because he was playing cheat he was actually in the middle of like it was like the sixth season of Deep Space Nine when they filmed this, so I thought that was kinda cute. But mm. has his wife turned into a terrible monster yet? Uh <laughs> She was already a terrible monster. Even before they oh, left okay. uh, Next Generation for Deep Space Nine, she was already like, Miles! <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. She's the secret villain of that show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Miles! Oh, anyway. So, um, so Poe sees his family and walks over to them with a shitty, bloody, gross, sweaty <laughs> body and a shitty, bloody, gross, dirty-ass buddy. His feces-soaked like, bunny mm, rabbit. <laughs> sure. I, I meant to get a haircut. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage almost emotes in this scene, but he keeps mumbling and just being bland. Yeah. 
and he's back with his family now. Yay, I guess. I, I was really like invested in that. His daughter's all freaked out by him and like reject. Like he hands her the bunny rabbit, and she's all like hides behind the mom's like, oh no, gross, justifiably. Yep. Which at least there was yep. that. I, she's like, y- y- you did never let me see you in jail, now asshole. Now you show up and you give me shit-stained rabbit. Like what are you doing? <laughs> Is this viscera on this? Is this, <laughs> this brain matter? Why, this, why does this doll smell like stinking Malkovich breath? <laughs> so, and also, the, so the movie's ending, but also, uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's character is free and gambling and feeling lucky. Yeah. Yay? And, and, and then they kick in the Sweet Home Alabama. So is that supposed to be a sinister ending where he's free? Or is it supposed to be happy because he's reformed because he did not kill that little girl? I think girl? it's supposed to be happy. My take... Yeah. Yeah, that's my take on it. My wife was like, oh, I think it's supposed to be sinister, but no. I think he's supposed to be like, hey, look, he's free and happy now. What the? F- he killed like 30 plus what people. He, what, he what was you, the, why are you ending the movie with that? He was that? the only prisoner who was nice, though. He's a good... I, I almost wonder if they add the whole he didn't kill the little girl thing just because they wanted the joke of him being the one prisoner who escapes at the end, but make it seem less awful if you show that he had met a little girl and didn't kill her, and so you could at least have the escape clause of like oh he's maybe reformed so what a fucking terrible ending <laughs> i mean i i did like that i i, I like that beat with him mm. being free but the, i mean the whole movie but in then general, kicking in the sweet home alabama well, that's after just that fucking go- you know what i didn't realize there's another pop song in this movie that's like a modern day pop oh, yeah. song that I thought yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. I forgot this movie was made over 20 How years ago. How can I live without you or And whatever. I thought they put that into this movie as a joke that I realized that this is where the song actually came from. I was like, why would yeah. you put this piece of 90s garbage? And I was like, oh, that's right this movie is from the 90s. This is probably where the, yeah. And it is garbage. <laughs> oh god, so that's that's caught air. That mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely something. We definitely gave us something to talk about, even mo- even though most of it was us just going, "What? What going on?" That that's plot makes no sense. <sighs> yeah, everybody's an inept idiot. I don't the the conf. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I still had a Man. good time. Like, but like I yeah, said, it's, it's fun just... enough. I could see myself watching it again if it came on or something. But, but... I, I wouldn't seek it out. It's dumb. And I definitely wouldn't shove it down anyone else's throat because it's so stupid. No. Uh, yeah. But like I said, it was entertaining. It's not like I'm above watching or enjoying Con Air. But like I said, like no. you know, Ro- like Roadhouse is the perfect blend of what this movie is trying to do, and this movie did not pull it off. It came pretty close. Oh, uh, Patrick Swayze in the in pose role. <laughs> actually, Patrick, you could actually have Patrick Swayze as the same character from Roadhouse, and that would have been better. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. he did rip a guy's throat out, so it could have just been him. He would have gone to jail for. Th- well, then he killed like twenty people at the end of Roadhouse. That would have been <laughs> yeah. a more justified reason for him going to jail. Uh, he could have knocked up. Oh yeah, he could have knocked up the doctor lady, and that's like him yeah. meeting his his daughter ten years. Oh shit. They could have called it Roadhouse 2. Roadhouse in the Sky. <laughs> sky House. The Flying Double Oh deuce. my god, yeah, that would have... <laughs> oh my god, that would have... And when he's flying in the sky, he sees the angel of uh, fucking what's-his-face uh, mustache, Sam Elliott's up there, and he winks at him because he's so close to heaven, <laughs> or something like that, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, actually, oh, I think man. I know people love to jerk off about how amazing uh, Nicolas Cage is, but I think Patrick Swayze would have been even a better... Like, yeah. Oh. He's not amazing in this, so he no, sucks. No, Nicolas Cage is always the same fucking thing in everything. He's Cage. just Nicolas Cage. And if, 
if you like Nicolas Cage, you're gonna think he's amazing in this because this is a lot of Nicolas Cage. Because he's another character, other than like he's got a new dumb accent in this movie. It's not like he well, modulates himself. He's not an himself. action hero. He, he's, not, he's not good at action. He's not that. He's interesting. a terrible actor. I, that's why I like him in Raising Arizona so much because they use the fact that he's such a dip, dipshit slub as like part of the character. They're not trying to convince you that he's some kind of badass. Uh, and like I do love that he gets his ass kicked at the fight at the end of that movie. It's not like he's doing roundhouse kicks or anything like that. Uh, well, granted, that's an entirely different kind of movie, but yeah, this whole cult of Nicolas Cage, I've never, I can understand where it comes from, but I've never, I, I've always thought that Nicolas Cage was genuinely bad enough that I could never, like, even ironically get on board with that, because he's always just like, Do, have you seen Mandy? That was the big movie that came out, like, last Halloween that people were jerking off. It's just like the same thing no. where he's just still just like, I'll go kill him, they killed my wife, I'll go kill everyone else. And just like the same exact, 20 years later, it's the same exact same fucking bullshit. A different movie, but it's still just Nicolas Cage just showing up just being Nicolas Cage. He doesn't act. He just, he's just himself with a different hat on. I think he would have been better even if they had given him a fucking haircut. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with the little fucking... He looks so dumb with long hair. Yeah, and even with a little bit of the graying of the temples and all the constant fans trying to make him look like super cool and windswept, he just looks dopier than, yeah. He always, I mean, he got kind of jacked for this movie but he always looks like his shoulders hurt yeah. he's, he slumps he's naturally a slumpy kind of guy he never yeah. he never has like an erect posture that makes him seem powerful or badass he just seems like a dope uh mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah that's that's caught air it's it, if you've never seen it i guess it's worth watching oh, yeah, yeah. Man, I, like i said dumb. i had a good time watching it but it's definitely a little bit yeah. overrated from other people although i can totally see again why dan reichert loves it so much because if he had grown up with this movie i could see that being a thing but yeah i feel bad for all the uh for the all, all, all the poor girlfriends who have been forced to watch this because their dipshit boyfriends are like oh you gotta watch caught air it's the best movie ever made blah, 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 blah. um yeah. But yeah still good it's better than fucking alice in wonderland <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, which, are we going back? So, oh, last week, shit, son. we watched the first half of Alice in Wonderland. I am down with finishing it off, because it sounds like the best part is the second half. Not that we even have to do it and, next week, but... And uh, I had talked about doing it, you know, two weeks in a row, or yeah. a week, and then waiting a week. So, next week, we're going to watch Gremlins 2. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> because I don't want to watch the second half of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> well, we're just never going to do it. We're just not going not, not gonna to do it anytime soon. Yeah, we'll do it eventually. Oh, okay. But you don't need to recharge your batteries a bit more? i something fun. Crumlins yeah. 2. Something, some, the new badge. Something we actually know is yeah, fun. So have you seen it before? Yeah, it's a good-ass movie. This is one of those things where I have not seen it since back in the day. I saw it once back in the day. It's, it's the Bill and Ted Bogus Journey thing where I saw it back in the day was disappointed because I loved the first one so much. I never went back mm-hmm. to watch it's, it again. Well, you got to know it's a completely different flavor than the first well, one. Well, that's a little bit like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, too, where it's a little bit of a different thing. They're not just trying to remake the first Well, it's funny because I think... Well, no. I mean, it's kind of a remake. It's kind of a parody it, of that's the, the Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing. And also... That fucking Key and Peele sketch about Gremlins 2 spot on, too, where they just kind of just lost their fucking minds while coming up with ideas for that movie. Um, <laughs> Gremlins 2, okay. That's yeah. interesting. That's, huh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, because that's, yeah, okay, 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 that with that, yeah. I figured you'd be more excited about oh, it. Oh, uh, I'm watching the cre- credits for Con Air, too. Uh, in memory of Phil Schwartz is one of the last credits in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a special effects guy who got crushed by a model of the, the Con Air airplane uh, while they were filming the movie. They just, like, it was up on ropes, the rope snapped, and he got squished by the airplane from Con Air. Ooh. So, and even worse, 
uh, I guess the 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 actual the, the actual flying uh, you know version of the airplane because I guess they used like six different versions of the airplane in this movie, but the one that actually did all the big flying shots in this movie eventually got sold off, uh, changed, exchanged hands a couple uh, times, and uh, three people got killed because it crashed in like 2010 in the the mountains of like Alaska or something like that. So wow. yeah, most of the trivia about this movie too is like, oh, the special effects guy died, three people died when the the plane crashed, and like. Uh, 15 years after this movie also, came out, it's just like, yeah. Also, a lot of trivia that you don't need, like, this person was also in this movie with that guy. Yeah. Dave Chappelle was in a movie with with Mittens the Kittens two years after this. Uh, oh, and the other thing, I guess, uh, this was the last... I guess they destroyed uh, the, the famous Sands Hotel in mm. Las Vegas literally, like, two days after they filmed this. In fact, actually uh, shoving a model of the Conair airplane into the lobby of the Sands. They actually just did that because yeah. they were just going to destroy it two days later. So they were like, well, let's fuck up the Sands Hotel. And so I guess that was the last like thing the the Sands Hotel ever did was get its uh, ass fucked up by uh, Conair. But... The, the scenes in Vegas <laughs> needed more people stumbling around vomiting. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> that's Vegas. <laughs> just, uh, just a little slice of life. Oh yeah. my god! More people in the background just puking and stumbling. Yeah, people have just lost all their money, blowing their own brains out in the streets and shit like that. There should have been more showgirls running out of the hotel. That would have been the perfect little cherry on top of the movie. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So that's Con Air. It's big and dumb and. But yeah, Gremlins too. Kickoffs. I'm excited for Gremlins too. The soundtrack isn't I, as good though, because I remember it's more like it's a little bit of the Ghostbusters two problem where the soundtrack isn't quite as great. Shut up, Phil. It's got Phoebe Cates. What's funny because I was gonna joke about how one of the best Nicolas Cage movies is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which also stars Phoebe Cates. Because Nicolas Cage, he had I think those the Fast Times at Ridgemont High was the technically the first thing he was ever in. He has an un he has no dialogue, but he's just like a fry cook and like one literally like one shot movie, but. That's neither here there. Grumman's too. Yeah, we're gonna cause some mischief next time. You get the, you get, you get Tony Randall Gremlin. I don't want no. You hear that Gremlin music and you can't help but get mischief. You get some. One of my favorite moments back in the early podcasty days was listening to Court and Bobby Roberts. Well, not Court Weber and Bobby Roberts, <laughs> and that music would play in some of their intros and like fucking Court through a stapler and Bobby <laughs> really? Roberts. Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, man. It's but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I feel bad for having shit on that movie back in the day, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to go back and check it out. I'm glad that, yeah, that's that should be good. Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. The new batch. It's got one of, the, one of those uh, guys that you think is going to be super evil, but then he turns out to be fucking awesome. Really? Yeah, Clamp. You think he's awesome? I don't even get it, I, because I haven't seen it since back in the day. I know he doesn't turn out to be as, but he doesn't turn out to be the villain, though. Is there an actual yeah. villain in that movie? Not, Not really, because really, Clamp, you could, especially these days, Clamp would be the villain. But yeah, I'm guessing Christopher Lee's about as close. And as he you even get. he, and that's just because he's a mad scientist, but he accidentally does stuff. Robert Picardo. I mean, the Gremlins are the villain. Yeah, I mean, they are. They. I mean, that's the, 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 the <laughs> Tony Randall's the villain. Yeah, Tony Randall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe Robert Picardo because isn't he like the underling to Clamp? Does oh, he yeah. get fucked by Gremlins? Well, we'll find out see, next week. I, when we watch in Gremlins case I 2. forget to mention this this uh, this next week, 
uh, just to wrap up this episode, I guess uh, Robert Picardo is on Instagram, and Robert Picardo, actually it's funny, because speaking of uh, Star Trek, he was the, do- the doctor on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, Robert Picardo, mm-hmm. I guess he does get fucked by the female gremlin at the, at the end of that movie, or it's suggested that he gets fucked by that. He gets married to the female gremlin, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess he's got an Instagram. <laughs> that movie's dumb as shit, I That's love it. Steve, thank you talk about this. But I remember, well, just last week on Instagram, I guess Robert Picardo's got an Instagram, was he had a photo of him himself he's all fucking tired and bald and sh- I mean, he was bald back then but now he's just older but he had like a like he's like oh i'm in bed with my with my loved one and he had a this t-shirt with a female gremlin from gremlins like airbrushed onto yeah. it and everyone was like all oh, the, oh, the gremlins singing the wedding march in that Do scene <laughs> yeah uh, see, that's I, I i i'm just dimly like parts that movie da, 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 <laughs> The gremlins, the gremlins in general, I, it bums me out that they haven't done anything with the gremlins in 30 years, because gremlins are, just as creatures are so, I mean, they're just pure id, they're just awful little fun assholes, and that automatically yep. makes them great, but we'll talk more about that next week. Heck yeah, oh, we will. Okay. Uh, fuck Alice through the looking glass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I said, I'm totally fine with... I'll be actually a little bit bummed if we don't go back to that someday, but... We'll go back to oh, it. Oh, God. We, just, uh, we, need, we need a, a break from... <laughs> You feel this. like, well, I, I don't want to make it feel bad. I feel bad. I've picked a lot of well, garbage Well, no, no, no. Recently. Just the last two... Pro- what was the other one you picked? Alice in Wonderland and something else. Phantom Tollbooth. Oh, that's what... Well, like, even the Phantom Tollbooth wasn't that bad. It was just disappointing. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, which we we were joking, we spent a lot of time last week joking about how bad your last two picks were. But I don't want to insinuate that, like, I'm upset by, like, like, like it's fun that you pick, pick Gremlins too, but it's not like I was, like, dreading us having to do a third week of that or anything like that. Even even your picks that are, like, terrible are still interesting. Which, I, I, I get the feeling that my picks, when they're terrible, they're not even interesting. They're just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <I was laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So yeah, next week it'll be that. This week it was Conair and and I I got oh he's Mudrin on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tidy Podcast Twitter. TidyPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Share us around if you share us around. <laughs> thanks. Thank you for listening. On uh, thank you for letting us get our hot stinky breath on you. I can't think of like like there's no button at the end of this podcast that we can tie this back. I'm sure the people who love yeah. Conair would be like, oh, your last line should have been. Oh yeah. hey, well. Until next time, keep filling your holes with pop culture, and remember, put the bunny down. Put the bunny down. Put the bunny down. We're going to Disneyland.